now. Introducing a man whose debut in 2014 was more highly anticipated than a certain catcher here in Baltimore. He's headed to the Hall of Fame because he never disappoints. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. Busy day before we get kicked off the air in favor of some show called Simply the Bets at 11.40 that we do every Tuesday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Simply the Bets today. Weekend at Bookies on Thursday. Make sure you join us for that. In the meantime, uh, we're going to have our weekly conversation with Patrick Stevens. Of course, we will preview uh, the entirety of the quarterfinals of the NCAA lacrosse tournament. Speaking of which, it's actually a, a kind of weird how it works out today. Like we were doing Ravens and Orioles stuff yesterday. Today we got a lot of uh, college sports, a lot of Maryland stuff. As today we're going to catch up with Maryland lacrosse coach John Tillman, head coach of the number one team in the country, undefeated, getting ready for a huge showdown, rematch of last year's national championship game, and of course um, rematch of a regular season game in which Maryland pasted Virginia down in D.C., we will catch up with John Tillman ahead of that big game. And also later on in the program, we are scheduled to meet uh, Donald Carey Jr., the incoming Maryland transfer, who's doing the, the same thing that Jameer Young is doing, where he's saying that he's keeping his name in the uh, NBA draft, but announcing that if he doesn't go to the draft, that he will end up coming to the University of Maryland to wrap up his collegiate career. Once upon a time, Donald Carey Jr. was at Mount St. Mary's, now he will be at Maryland from uh, Upper Marlboro by way of Frederick Douglass. So we will catch up with Donald Carey. We're scheduled to catch up with Donald Carey Jr. A little bit later on in the program. So that's what's coming up today. Now, as far as last night and there being no Adley Rutschman. Well, you know what? I tell you what. I'll let Paul go ahead and do his thing. Then we'll get into it so we don't step on toes. It's time for our One Minute Man. One Minute Man today is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. The best place to watch all of the big events this month. The PGA Championship this weekend. Playoffs continue every night through the rest of the month, basically. I think there's a couple. Of, like last night, it was weird. There were no playoffs. But basically every night. The UEFA Champions League final. The Indianapolis 500. The NCAA Lacrosse Championship. Rolando Romero taking on Gervonta Davis. And if you want to reserve your spot for any of these events, what you need to do right now is email events at sportssocialmd.com. Orioles lose to the Yankees in game one of a four-game set. Did any of it matter? Our one-minute man was there. He's Paul Valley. Well, it was more the same last night. I actually left in the fifth inning with the Orioles down 4-1 to one, uh, because, A, I was getting cold. B, I hadn't seen my wife. And C, I knew they weren't going to hit because they didn't have Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle. And the bottom line is the Orioles' lack of depth is really glaring with these injuries right now. Of course, they lose a game last night 6-2. to two. Uh, Anthony Santander, it did matter because he hit his second solo home run in the game in the ninth inning, which helped hit the over in the game ah, of 7 go. half. There you go. Uh, so that, that mattered. Kyle Bradish, I watched him warm up in the bullpen. I th saw him throw six pitches, and only one of them was a strike, and that translated into the game. He could not find the strikes on a 30-pitch first inning, threw 85 pitches and four and a third, gave up the four runs on a three-run homer to lead to, to, um, to Trevino, who hadn't homered at all uh, this season. 
Look, Brad is just going to have his ups and downs. He's going to have games like that. He's going to have games like he had against the Cardinals. So it matters because you're going to see how he handles a little bit more turmoil, a little bit more stress. There's not much I can say that mattered about that game last night because they're not playing with a full squad. It's, uh, it's like the Ravens earlier this year. I, I saw, last year, I mean. I saw this from ESPN's Datsun Info. I, this is wild. The Orioles are now, well, it's a, uh, I'm not, I'll, I'll push it that. The Ravens, if they had a full squad, could have threatened to win a Super Bowl. The Orioles That's with a full true. squad are not, are certainly not that. I think you're about um, to steal my tidbit. With the Owens over 6 with the multi-home yeah. runs. Yeah, I saw that from ESPN's stats. And there's no real trivia that can come from that. I, I made it work. All right, fair enough. I'll let uh, you can reiterate. It's later in the show. You can reiterate that. Right. If they're zero and six when he has a multi home run game, which is just nuts. I mean, it's just nuts. The only time it's ever happened that a player has lost, a player's team has lost all of the first six games in which they hit multiple home runs. It's just there's there's no way of explaining that. It's bizarre, but that was that's that was floating around last night. Um, yeah, there's nothing to be said. Now, as far as Adley Rutschman and him not being there and them remaining very hush-hush about it, um, it's disappointing. I, I, I know Paul was fighting with people because Paul – got to remember, Paul's a big Limp Biscuit fan. So sometimes – I like when, to break stuff. When Paul says things, he says it a bit aggressively. And I'll compare it to – there's this thing when people criticize Lamar Jackson that because you hear so much unfair criticism – there are people that aren't capable of hearing legitimate criticism. They just lump it all in together. Anyone who says anything about Lamar Jackson is just Bill Polian. And so I, I always say I understand where you're coming from, but you got to break that down. You have to be capable, or we as a, as a collective have to be capable of criticizing when it's fair and understanding when some criticism isn't. So because you're so sensitive to the things that Buster only has said about the Baltimore Orioles does not mean that they're above reasonable criticism. But you got to be reasonable about it. Paul, you probably went a little bit too far with the way that you worded your tweet, right? Like, it, it's not wrong. The Orioles aren't wrong for not addressing it. I stand by it. I they're, stand by what I said. They're not. You can stand by anything you want, but they're not wrong for it. They don't have an obligation to. They don't. There is no obligation for them to say anything at all. The point being, it's okay for us to request more than that. It's okay for us to say, but we would like some more transparency here. Or it might be beneficial to a franchise whose fans have been quite beleaguered to be a bit more transparent in a situation. They, they don't owe anything. That's not the way this works. They owe playing the baseball games. They owe... You know, I don't know what, what what all is on the list of what they owe, but they don't owe answering all these questions. There's a difference between that, and that's where the defensiveness comes in. The defensiveness comes in for people who are, who see the Buster Olney criticism and think that any amount of criticism is wrong. The defensiveness comes in because they say, "What are you going to hold a press conference and say we have nothing to say?" No, no. You like I said, you don't have an obligation to. But even if something isn't your fault, and it is not the Orioles' fault that Orioles fans thought that yesterday was going to be the day. It's not. Plain and simple. We can't pretend otherwise. It is not the Orioles' fault. But meet me in the middle. I'm asking. I'm asking as a fan. 
And because people have lives, I know the Orioles would love it if everybody could just come to every game. That would be great. But it doesn't work that way. I've got two kids. We were supposed to have a science fair last night. As it turns out, because there was some drizzle, there was no science fair. That's a straight shoot. Um, some counties let schools out three hours yeah, early because of the a weather. Whole day, the thunderstorm. Whole like, well, they really? were supposed to be like hail and torrent. There was supposed to be a nader, like a, a real. Yeah, there were. There was a tornado warning in really? place. Yes. Now, as it turns out, it largely missed us. I think it was more south. I don't remember exactly where it was. So yes, it was a bit over the top. But that was on the plate. Now I'm willing to skip my kid's science fair because, frankly, he does not care all that much. <laughs> in order to go see Adley Rutschman's first game, but not any old baseball game. Those are decisions I have to make as a parent. And I'm on the shallow end of this. There's deeper than this. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. There are people all over the East Coast that would be willing to travel to come see Adley Rutschman's first game. You have a product with great demand coming. The more information you can give, the better. And the answer might be, we genuinely don't know. Okay. Okay. But if that's the case, then people probably shouldn't be planning around certain dates. And you can tell them that. They don't owe it in any way. I got to make that abundantly clear. In no ways the Orioles owe it to anyone. But in the world in which it has been a difficult stretch... Everything since 2016 has been very painful for this fan base. It is a beleaguered group. This is the most significant thing that will occur since the 2016 playoff game in Toronto. It's the most significant thing that will occur in Baltimore since 2014. I mean, there were big games in 2016. There were games that mattered, but there wasn't one that stood out as particularly meaningful that people circled their calendars for, said, I've got to be there. This is the most significant thing that's happened baseball-wise in Baltimore in eight years. I guess maybe the no-fans game, but nobody was able to go to that. I don't don't know how you look at that. This is the type of thing where it's okay to request more transparency. It's okay. Again, it's, they're not wrong. They're not. And it's wrong to try to call them out over that. They're not wrong. But it's okay to say, I'd like for there to be more transparency. It would be a good thing for an organization to give as much information as humanly possible to a fan base that clearly is, is losing their minds over this moment. It would be a very good thing to do i would encourage it wholeheartedly they don't owe me anything i don't owe them anything i don't owe my money to buy tickets i don't owe any time on this show i mean i guess that's not true we do i think we run commercials for them right now so i do owe that but outside of that i don't owe them anything as a person i don't owe it to them to say they're doing everything well. I don't there's no owing between the two parties. But I think it is fair to say that it is an organization that would do well to do more 
for their fans. I compared it last night. A buddy of mine that chimed in, who I happen to know used to work for uh, the Chick-fil-A Corporation in a corporate way. I compared it to Chick-fil-A customer service. It feels nice to think that the company that you're giving your money to is going a little out of their way every now and then. And this one would be the one that it's worth it for. If I may explain myself here a little bit. I'm not naive enough to think that, yes, the Orioles owe something to the fan base. I'm very customer service oriented. I've worked in customer service Mm -hmm. for 20 years. Okay, And to me, when your team has lost, by the end of this year, close to 550 games since 2017. The one thing that we've been looking forward to since you drafted him three years ago is Adley Rutschman's debut. You've known for three weeks, that because your broadcasters have said it on TV, that the Yankee series was the expected debut. Okay, and I know me and a n- n- number of other people that I know bought tickets for last night's game because we thought that that was a logical debut. Now, that's on us. They mm-hmm. never told us this is going to happen. But you know that that's what everybody's talking right. about. You don't need to have a press conference. That would be stupid. We're, have a press conference saying we're not bringing somebody up. That, mm-hmm. That's stupid. But leak it to a reporter so that Rob well, can say, I, I have it on good authority that Adley Rutschman will not debut on Monday. Right. And, right? And, and by the way, that might very well be what the Dan Connolly story was. Dan Connolly didn't make any of that up. Dan right. Connolly didn't just... I'm trying to say this... Dan Conley didn't just sit down one morning and say, I'm going to speak on behalf of the Orioles. Mm-hmm. It was more it's, of a speculative piece than anything yes, else. Yes, but it was very direct. Anybody mm-hmm. who knows anything about reporting would say you're not – there were so many finite points that were brought up that he didn't just pull those out of thin air. Right. He didn't just say, hey, they'd like to specifically see him catch four or five times in a week mm-hmm. because he was guessing that. Right. He didn't say hypothetically maybe the reason is because he he said it very directly. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about almost certainly is exactly what the Dan Connolly column was. Sure. It just wasn't as direct. Nobody said, Dan, you can go print today. We're not bringing Adley Rutschman up on Monday. Mm-hmm. It was more Dan clearly talked to some, and I don't know who that was. I don't. I mean, I know sources that Dan has had over the years because it's not hard to figure it out sometimes but I don't know in this case if it was Dan asked directly Mike Elias certain questions and Mike Elias gave specific answers or if it was Matt Blood or somebody else I don't know I don't know that John Angelos whoever it might have been I don't know what the case was but it's pretty clear that the Dan Connolly column Mm -hmm. without saying directly he's not going to be here on Monday was addressing was was making it clear. And what he said in the article was they want him to catch four to five days in a week and on back-to-back days. Well, and then he did that. He, he caught Tuesday, he caught Thursday, Friday, he caught Sunday, and he caught D.L. Hall on Sunday. So he did what Dan Connolly said the Orioles wanted him to do. So again, it's on us for assuming, without the Orioles give, making an official announcement mm-hmm. that he's coming up, but the, con- the, the, egg, the ducks are kind of all getting in a row there. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could have debuted yesterday. And and fine, he didn't debut. I'm not upset that he didn't debut. I'm not upset that the... That I'm more upset that the Orioles have done well, nothing I think, to acknowledge I think there's it. a secondary... I, well, I think there's two different conversations to be had because I do think there's a conversation to be had about... He should be here. You know, what what are, what are we doing? 
Like, really, what are we doing? And the answer of, well, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't lit the world on fire in Norfolk. That's not a good enough answer. He for did me. last year, right? Like, I we know that Adley Rutschman can hit at the AAA level. This is not a debate. Mm-hmm. There's not something to be learned. And again, if if that's the case, then we have to eliminate the other part of the conversation, which is the conversation where we say, well, he definitely would have been here on opening day. Well, if it's so critical that he shows that he can hit again at the AAA level, why would he have been here on opening day? Those two things don't mesh. Mm-hmm. Either what happened a year ago matters or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then why was he going to be here on opening day? These things, Now, if what you're saying is, well, he would have been here on opening day as long as he had hit during the spring. If he had hit 140 in the spring, they would have sent him down, something like that. I don't know. But we've been working under the assumption because all the intelligent people have said Adley Rutschman would have been here on opening day which is why it was that we were pre- treating this as though it was a rehab assignment. Well, this is going beyond a, a rehab assignment. Rehab assignments do not last this long. And I get it's sort of a mesh between a rehab assignment and an extended spring training. I understand that's really what this is. But this is a really long extended spring training, too. This is something else. And again, it might end. It might very well be that the date is Friday and has always been Friday. And in their mind, they always knew it was going to be Friday. I have no doubts that it's going to be Friday and that that's the only reason you well, still I mean, down I, there. It's maximizing your earning potential. I, I have doubts until it happens. <laughs> like I'm not going to say I have no doubts. I, I, I think it'll be Friday. You know, if I had to bet, that's what I would say. I, I can't fathom. I know uh, our buddy Arditi was talking about how the ushers had been told be at the ballpark 15 minutes earlier on Friday. Like, okay, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that's the reason, but I'm not really sure why they would need to be there 15 minutes earlier. For that, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's weird. Um, I, if, if you made me guess, I would guess it would be Friday. But I would also think that at this point, if it's Friday, what are we waiting for? Why do we still not know? If the decision had been made specifically that it was Friday, why is that announcement still not made? Because this goes back to what I'm asking for, which is give Orioles fans in North Carolina, Orioles fans in wherever they are, the opportunity to plan around it as much as they possibly can. They want to be there. And the answer might be they still don't know. And there might be something physically that is still some sort of issue for Adley Rutschman. Maybe there was a setback. I don't know, but this goes back to the transparency thing. This goes back to it would be nice to get as much information as possible in this instance because of the, as I said to the caller who called in the radio show the other day, I'm not asking for this for every prospect. I don't need this for everyone else. This is a unique situation where you're talking about the top prospect in all of baseball, a number one overall pick, the guy that you were prepared to market with signs all over the city to start the season. That's the guy. Don't need it for Gunnar Henderson. Don't need it for Kyle Bradish when he came up. Don't need it for even Grayson Rodriguez or D.L. Hall, although I would like to think that there would be a bit more on those two guys than just announcing the day before that they're going to make their first start. I think it would be a similar thing where they would like to say a couple days ahead of time, hey, Grayson Rodriguez is going to pitch next Wednesday. You might want to get to the ballpark. 
it's a difference between me being, I, I, I in no ways am attacking them because they don't owe it. It's much like when we were talking, having the Adam Jones conversation. I don't care whose fault it is. I don't. This, this blame, we are so obsessed with blame as a society. It's, it's the, the left, the, it's the um, red team, blue team thing. I just want to fix it. Adam Jones had a nice thing in the Players' Tribune, by the way, this morning. It doesn't really... It's just a nice story. It doesn't actually say anything newsworthy. Like, oh, it, I, I thought maybe it was like an official retirement. No, he even he says he'd like to play more, but oh. like he realizes he probably won't. Which is the same thing like he said when we talked to him a couple weeks ago. It's the same thing he said over. It's it's a very nice piece. It tells a wonderful story about why he loved the Japan experience so much. Like it's very much worth reading. Anything Adam Jones does is worth reading or watching or listening to him. It's Adam Jones that we're talking about. So I would encourage you to go check it out. But I mean, like he said when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, he was like. Yeah, if Buck were to call me in August and say, hey, dude, we could use a little bit of help. We could use an extra outfielder to, to finish this thing off. He's going to go do it. Like, he's, he's, he's not retiring. He's not saying he's done because he doesn't really want to be done. He just doesn't. Nobody's called. Um, Matt Wieters, I don't think he's officially retired. Well, Matt Wieters was trying to play for Team USA last year. He was trying to play in the Olympics. Um, he tried out for the team, in fact, and, and didn't make it. Um but, you know, the, it's like the Adam Jones. I don't care. Everybody's all, well, you know, this, it's, it sounds like you're blaming the Orioles. No. I'm not blaming the Orioles. I'm not blaming anybody. When I was having the Adam Jones conversation, I just wanted it fixed. That's it. However it got here, just fix it. That's it. Plain and simple. And I, I feel fairly similar. I, it's not their fault that people thought that Adley Rutschman was going to play a baseball game last night. The Orioles did nothing wrong at all. But that doesn't mean they can't help. And it doesn't mean they can't recognize that there are fans all over the country who would like to be a part of this moment whenever it occurs and do everything in their power to work with them and to create that opportunity for as many fans as possible to be a part of this thing whenever it is. Both things can be true. They can both promote, hey, you can get $4 tickets to games. We're doing lots of good things. We think we're getting closer. I know it's been a tough four games. We think we're getting closer. There's plenty of reason to come out to the ballpark. Celebrate with us. You hear we got crab cake egg rolls now? Plenty of, market all of that. But understand, this one stands out. It would be like the folks at, at Pimlico trying to market every race day is exactly the same. Hey, coming on Saturday is no different than coming on Thursday, right? No. You're going to market Preakness Day a little bit different than you're going to market today when nobody will be at Pimlico. I don't even know if they're racing today. I know they're racing for a couple of weeks at Pimlico. I don't even know what the race days are. We understand there's one that's different. You've got, you've got your own Preakness, if you will. You've got your own major event. Just help people out a little bit. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not demanding it. I'm not saying that you failed. I'm asking to help people out a little bit in the process of trying to get them there because they want to be a part of it. It's an amazing thing. It's an incredible product that you've got. You know, we don't have 
anything like that as far as a product is concerned at Glenn Clark Radio, but we still try to do our best when we have good products. When we had the, 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 the Mo Gabba issue with Lamar Jackson and Mo Gabba on the cover of the Best Of issue, I tried to give a little heads up. Hey, you're, you're going to want this. Because they knew people were going to see it and they were going to want it. So a little heads up ahead of time. Hey, you might want to get to your neighborhood Royal Farms. I think this one's probably going to fly off the, the stands. Little heads up. And I'm not even remotely trying to compare it. And frankly, if it involves Mo Gabba, it's more important. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's you got a great product. People want it. Meet them somehow, halfway. Help a little bit, please. I'm asking. I'm certainly not demanding. I'm asking. I'm asking that you meet. And the more silence, the worse that it really is, because it allows for people to just go to weird places. I'm always in a weird place. Well, yeah, but you're a Limp Bizkit fan. I mean, that's we got it. We 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 have to every time we talk about Paul, we got to keep that in mind. It, it's clouded by the fact that he's a he's a, been a closet Limp Bizkit fan. It allows people to go to places where there's conspiracy theory, where you're just trying to milk as much money as you can out of me. There's no way because last night there was hardly anybody there. You say that there was. It looked like there were more people there than there would be for another Monday night game. But that it just could be prob- Yankees fans. Probably I mean, it was mostly yeah. Yankees fans. If th- I'd be surprised if there were ten thousand people there. No, last I mean, night. I don't know. It's, I, I don't know what the and I have no idea what they were going to announce anyway. But just avoid all of that by saying as much as possible. Hey, we're we're still trying to make a final decision about that. You know, there's some 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 hurdles that we wanted uh, Adley to clear. As soon as we feel like he's cleared those hurdles, we're going to make an announcement for you. That's it. That's it. Just say something. Just anything at all would be good. Yes, I mean, that probably specifically wouldn't prevent speculation. I guess there would still be a lot of speculation. What are those hurdles? What are you? I mean, I, you might want to say something spe- more specific. I don't know. But that's all I'm asking. That's it. Orioles will continue their series with the Yankees tonight. And... I, again, if I had to bet, we'd see Adley Rutschman on Friday, but I don't know that. It's going to be a bloodbath tonight. I don't remember who's... Spencer, Ty, Spencer Watkins against Jameson Tyon. Tyon, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you say it's going to be a bloodbath. Why it's, is it going to be a bloodbath? Why? What are you, who are you? If Spencer Watkins... I thought you were A number one. You're, I thought the two things you loved in life were the Orioles and Limp Bizkit. I thought that was the case. I do love the Orioles. And then, and then I know Mrs. What I, Valley, nice third on the list. I, I, a solid I, number three. Bronze medal. I know what I'm looking at with this team and with the offense right now, with all the injuries they have and a certain catcher who's not here and the pitcher that's on the mountain and God love him, but the, the peripherals and the FIP don't add up to what he'd done before the last start. I think it's going to be, it's it's not going to be close tonight. So the other side of what you're talking about is the, it really is the, at some point, is it, is it worse for your baseball team that Adley Rutschman isn't here? Yes. And and that's it's tricky, right? Because the answer somebody might say back is, well, it's not like he's hitting any better at AAA right now than the, your guys are hitting at the moment, he's right? He's 60 points better, and he's, that's how bad they are. I understand. That's what you're really saying is those guys are so bad. But mm-hmm. they have gotten more out of this pitching staff than I think they people have. would have expected them to. So – I. I don't have the direct answer for that, but at some point I do think it's a warranted conversation. And specifically in the, hey, we want to see him catch this, whatever number is, we want to see him catch that number of games, I am turned off by the idea that it has to happen at the major league level. 
that he has to get to that point before he can be at the major league. Why couldn't? How much worse is your team if Adley Rutschman was DHing and maybe Tyler Nevin was out of the lineup for a night? How much worse is your baseball team Take if that's the, the case? Five I mean, that's that's the thing that I'm struggling with. If that's part of what your your decision is, really, that's that's got to happen before he can get to the major league level. That's the case, really. That doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It might be the answer. It might genuinely be that, that when Dan Connolly says that he's 100 percent right. That's the decision they're making until he's ready to catch. You know. Five out of six days, something like that. We're not bringing him up. But why? Why? What? What am I missing? And again, how does that make sense if he was going to be here on opening day? That's the part that I keep coming back to. Why was he going to be here on opening day if there were still things you needed to see from him? Well, those things that they need to see from him are because of the injury. And if that's what you're saying is that you don't think he can catch because of the injury... Right, he can't catch that many days. Well, I don't think it's because I think that because of the injury, he had to go back to square one. But but my my I'll keep coming back to this point. The point being, is he only valuable if he can do both things? Is that his only value? No, I, again, I get that it's his most electric value. It's what separates him from other prospects. But if he gets hurt again next year. Are you going to make sure that he can catch five out of every six days before you bring him back? Or this is the part that I don't get. I just, I'm telling you, I don't get it. I don't, I say I don't agree, but my God, I'm certainly not an expert in any, in any fashion. An expert in much of anything, frankly. But why couldn't you let him DH a little bit more as he works his way back. Now, if what you're nervous about is the injury is also impacting his bat, and that's the problem, that's why he hasn't swung the bat well in AAA specifically. Of course, he was swinging the bat well before then, but if you think there's some correlation between the injury and his offensive struggles at AAA, that's a different conversation, of course. But why can't he be a bat? If he was good enough to be here on opening day, why wouldn't he be good enough to be a bat and work his way back as a catcher? That, I can't, I don't get that. Do you think his bat's good enough or not? And if it is, who is he blocking if he's got a DH three days this week? How is that hurting your baseball team? Who is losing at bats? Because it seems like the answer is Tyler Nevin. For now, now when Ryan Mountcastle comes back. But he's not. He's due to be back on Saturday. But that's not now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you knew he was out last weekend. You had the opportunity to make a decision. I, if you think he's still three weeks away from being able to catch that much, then... Okay. It's another conversation. But if you think he's ready to play this Friday and then catch that frequently, then what would it have hurt for him to be here Monday and not catch every day? Ticket sales. I guess. 
I don't know. That's the part that I that I struggle with all of it. I struggle with all of it. <sighs> I'm not again. I'm not trying to. I, I don't know. I don't. This is why to me transparency would be such a good thing. I don't have the answers. I don't know what the correct answers are. It just you can't make it make sense. As much, and I know that, that uh, Dan was on. We, it, I, we should have invited Dan on again, but I know he's busy. I, we'll do, we, we love Dan. We'll have Dan on again at some point. Um, but I know he was on on the fan yesterday and was reiterating the catching thing being the problem. But there's a logic thing here that you can't make that work. You can't make it work that a guy was ready to be a major leaguer on opening day, but is suddenly only ready to be a major leaguer if he can catch that frequently. Unless you just thought his bat was going to stink and you wanted him to catch anyway on opening day. And if that's the case, there's probably a bigger problem in how we've been viewing Adley Rutschman, right? Like, you, you can't make all of these things work. The math does not add up that all of these, something is missing here. And the answer could be they didn't really think he was ready for opening day. Or the answer could be that it's not really about how frequently he catches, or I, I don't know, but n- you can't have all of these things all add up. It can't be done. It, something is amiss in all of this. Or it's just about having predetermined a date in, internally ahead of time, and no matter what, that's going to be the date which might very well be the case. And for marketing reasons, I would say there's there's good reason to do that. But to take advantage of it, again, we shouldn't be waking up on Tuesday morning if the date's three days away not knowing that. If it was about marketing, if it was about getting the most out of this, it probably should have been announced maybe on Sunday and and not... If if that was the specific reason, I'm I'm saying if to all of these things, everything is an if. That's it. All of it is an if because we don't know because there hasn't been more transparency in the process. And for all we know, at least gonna they don't have an uh, an announced starter for tonight. Grayson Rodriguez will be on five days rest, but they generally have six starters going their rotation. If I'm correct, so maybe. What do you mean they don't have an announced starter for it? You mean Norfolk? Norfolk. Oh, okay. Norfolk I was like, what? Norfolk like, the Orioles definitely have an announced starter so, for tonight. So maybe they want Rutschman to catch Grayson Rodriguez one more time. And for all we know, Michael Elias could come on the broadcast tonight and say, we yeah. expect him to debut on, on Friday. He might very well, right? Again, I mean, that it that might very well be the case. Again, why was it more valuable to have him catch Grayson Rodriguez one more time than to be at the major league level? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At, like, at, but again, if it, the, if the idea was we always wanted him the date to be Friday, we had always decided that was going to be the date because we can get a bigger crowd and we can have an, a, a celebration, the whole thing. Ultimately, I think that's what it is. It, it might be. I don't know, but it might be. But if that's the case, I I don't understand why you couldn't have announced that yesterday. Yeah, just say that. Like that's the that's the part that I struggle with. If that's the answer, and it might very well be, you can announce that with a little bit more time. For, again, folks that live in Rocky Gap to make the decision to travel up to Baltimore this weekend and make a weekend out of it. That would be beneficial. 
if that's the case. But again, it's all if. And, and, and look, my, my ire is not... I'm a Mike Elias fan. He's done everything he said he was going to do. I have no qualms with Mike Elias, but it's like Dan Connolly said yesterday. Throw your fan base a bone. Throw your fan base a bone. All, all the things that your fan base has been through did over he, the last four years. Did Dan say that years, yesterday? Uh, uh, that's what he said. That's, that's what the other two guys on the show said. They, they said that he said... Throw the fans a bone. Okay, I mean, I don't, I, I, I didn't get to listen to him. If he said that, good on Dan, right? You know, that's like, that's 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 basically where I am. My my point has been since this came up on Friday, and and Andrew was ready to jump on me because I get it. There's a sensitivity there with Andrew. There's a connection. Um, my point has never been about blame. It's never been. It's about just go go the extra mile here. You guys go beyond what's can, what should be expected this time. Man, just that's all I'm asking for. Yeah, like you said, it's a it's, it's a generational. Not, not thing. your fault, not your fault, but asking you to go a little bit beyond what you typically would, given the uniqueness of the situation. That's it. That's all. I spent 37 minutes on it that didn't need to go that long, and I apologize for that. We do that a lot. Yeah, it happens around here. That's I don't I don't feel uh, I don't feel deadlines because we don't do real radio. I mean, we don't have a I don't have to take a break twenty minutes in, so suddenly we just we just get going. Um, it's also not like there was anything else going on last night with no NBA playoffs. No, I still cannot believe that, that neither league said, "Hey, maybe we try to make this happen." And I get why the NBA couldn't. They had two game sevens on Sunday. They couldn't have turned around. One of these series in the NHL, they only had three games on Sunday. There are eight teams, so only three of them played on Sunday. That means mathematically there was a series that was already set. And I don't, somebody could tell me who it was. I don't off the top of my head. I just don't remember. There was a series that was already set before Sunday, and the teams knew who was going to be in it, mm-hmm. and they could have announced, "Hey, we're going to start that thing on Monday, so that we can get the audience because there's no basketball playoff game, and it might be a good thing for us." To try to capture more of an audience. Don't they announce the playoff schedule well ahead of time, though? If you have people who are buying tickets for those games, and then you say, well, game one's not on Tuesday. It's going to be on Monday. No, they didn't announce that it was on Tuesday, either. They didn't announce anything. Oh, they I, waited I, until the series that round was over really? to announce the entirety of the next round. Baseball's playoffs, they announce the playoff schedule before the playoffs start. Right, so, when, so, the next, when game one of the next series will no, be. They, 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 announce, they announce the whole thing. They put they put the right, whole I understand. Thing up. They have they, uh that's not always been the case. They have moved things based on availability with stadiums, based on like that's that's happened as the playoffs have gone on before. Some you know, rain out moves. They 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 have yeah. flexibility, they can move things around. Um the NHL, there was nothing wrong. There is absolutely no reason why they can't say, Hey, this series is over. We've seen this in the NBA before. They've literally had game one of a second-round series on a Sunday afternoon and game seven of a first-round series on the same Sunday night. But they just said, hey, let's try to – TV windows are good for us. Let's try to take advantage of that. And if what we have to offer is a game one, let's go ahead. In fact, I would assume that if if Boston and, and Milwaukee had not gone to a seventh game, if Milwaukee had won game six, they would have tried to have done that on Sunday where they would have had – Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals simultaneously, as on Sunday night, they had game seven of a Western Conference second round series mm-hmm. just because they try to take advantage of TV windows. But whatever, there was no playoffs last night. It was a real bummer. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm an old man yelling at a cloud today is really what's going on. Today's show brought. Time. 
Brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, we will chat with Patrick Stevens. Take a look at the upcoming quarterfinal weekend of the NCAA Lacrosse Tournament. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, O's fans, break out the orange and black to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Watch the O's take on the Tampa Bay Rays May 20th through the 22nd. Get to the yard early on May 20th when the first 10,000 fans 15 and over will receive a 30th anniversary tumbler presented by Masson. A variety of ticket options are available, including the Orioles Flexible Ticket Bank, Kids Cheer Free, and more. Visit Orioles.com slash tickets to find a ticket option that's right for you. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. 
We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley caught up with both uh, Bowie Bay Sox assistant GM Phil Rye as well as broadcaster Adam Pohl. Good conversation about what's going down on down in Bowie and the various prospects there. You can find it right now by going to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab at PressBoxOnline.com or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline as well. It is Tuesday. Every Tuesday we talk some college sports with our guy, U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, The Washington Post, and on Twitter at Discourse, D1S Course. He's our friend Patrick Stevens. And he's with us now here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, sir. How are you? I am well, and you? I'm all right. We are going to uh, catch up with John Tillman here in a few minutes. I'm going to pose this to you first. How different is the Virginia team that Maryland's going to see on Sunday from what they saw back in March when they, frankly, pasted them down in D.C.? Well, I think, first of all, it'll probably be a little bit of a hungrier Virginia team. Um, you know, you getting beat by 11 goals will do that to you. Uh, and, and if you're Maryland, maybe you don't feel like you have quite as much to prove as you did after having knocked, been knocked out in the tournament a year ago. They probably still feel like they have a fair bit to prove. In any case, uh, I, I think it's probably a somewhat healthier Virginia team uh, that's coming in. They obviously had a couple weeks off between their, uh, their last regular season game and their, and their first round game against uh, Brown on Saturday. Uh, but I also think that, you know, this is one of those cases of, is Maryland really 11 goals better than, than mm-hmm. Virginia? And my answer is probably not. Like, on a typical day, is the what's the real answer? Like, the real answer is probably three or four, or something like that, on a typical day, is my guess. But that also means that if, if you have a version of Maryland that can win by seven, there's probably a version of Virginia that plays really, really well and can figure out a way to win, like they did last year on Memorial Day. So I expect this to be a much better game than, than the first time around, and I think it, so much of it's going to start at the X with P. LaSalle for Virginia against Luke Weirman of Maryland. And can Virginia turn that at least into a 50-50 situation, which is, you know, I think we've talked about this before. That was sort of Maryland's uh, tournament strategy here for several years. Was, okay, just make it a push at the X and take your chances elsewhere. Uh, and I think that's what Virginia really needs to do because – if possession is tilted 60-40 in favor of Maryland, that is that is not going to be a winning formula for the Cavaliers. And so that was I, I, I was going. What is the roadmap? Was the question I was going to ask, and I guess you're starting to draw it with the face-off X. What would the roadmap be to Maryland being vulnerable and Virginia having a chance to knock them off for a third straight year? Well, it starts it starts at the X, I think. And and you know the interesting thing that I've been I've been thinking about here. Uh, when you look at Virginia this season, the, the one thing that they don't have that they had last year was the best pole in the country in Jared Connors. And he made a difference on face-offs. He made a difference on transition. He made a difference on defense. There was a lot that he did uh, that made a, made a huge, huge difference. You know, they're going to have to have good goalie play as well. And, and I thought that Matt Nunes was solid, if not great, the first time around. Uh, you know, I don't think he was the reason that Virginia lost. He had 14 saves in that game. So I think that's something that you're going to need. And I think that your knowns, if you're Virginia, are going to need to come to play. And that's Matt Moore, Connor Schellenberger in particular. But you're probably going to need, you know, Peyton Cormier to do a little bit more than a couple goals. You're probably going to need Xander Dixon and Jeff Connor to have good games. Uh, 
you might need, especially on a warm day on the turf in Columbus potentially, uh, you might need to reach down and get something out of your second midfield, uh, which is something that Maryland has been able to do over and over and over again. Uh, as, as you know, I think this is as deep a team as John Tillman has had, especially at the offensive end. You think about you know Owen Murphy uh, and Eric Molliver kind of splitting time there at one of the attack spots. You think about Brennan and Chorus uh, and those guys on the second midfield line. Uh, I, I kind of look at them as, as as really sort of difference makers. And if Virginia can match some of that, that's going to give them a chance as well. He is Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Patrick, I was going to ask about the other storylines from the first week of the tournament, but I, I think the obvious one, of course, is Delaware stunning Georgetown, which turned into a hell of a lacrosse game. Um, I, I don't know what it means. I don't know if Delaware is a team that can follow that up and, and go beat a Cornell. Like, can, can, is Delaware capable of becoming sort of a, a Cinderella all the way to championship weekend? It's... They are. I mean, I think, first of all, they have one of the best defensemen in the country, Owen Grant. Um, and so that, that's a good place to start. Uh, when you look at uh, when you look at what they have on offense, they're they're slick. I mean, you got you have a Canadian influence there with with Mike Robinson and Ty Kurtz. JP Ward's had a fantastic season, yeah. and those midfielders, that starting midfield, has played well as well. I don't know if they're particularly deep, and I think that maybe is my biggest question about Delaware if it gets itself into an up and down kind of game. But that's not really what they want to do. I mean, they're really buttoned up, and those that remember Ben DeLuca's teams at Cornell are not – you can see, you know, the parallels between those two teams. There's obviously not a Rob Pinnell running around out there. Yeah, that would be helpful. Uh, he was you know, he was okay. He was pretty good. There's not a Rob Pinnell. But there's a lot of really good pieces, and the goalie Matt Kilkiri played exceptionally well the other night, had four saves in the, in the fourth quarter, yep. had 14 for the game. So I, I think Delaware's plenty capable of keeping things interesting. I, I wasn't – I wasn't sure that they were going to be able to scratch out enough against Georgetown to win. And the thing that I wasn't counting on was that Georgetown's offense was just going to be stuck in neutral all night. And Delaware played a part in that, but I think Georgetown played a little bit in that too. I mean, they had, they had their top scorer, Dylan Watson, who I think had 57, 58 goals on the season. Delaware put a short stick on them, and Georgetown did not make them pay for that. Watson was 0 for 5. So credit to the Delaware defense, but also – Georgetown did not take advantage of a situation that was clearly uh, something that they that under normal conditions that they would have. So Delaware moves on. They get Cornell. One of those two teams is going to be playing in the Final Four, considering Cornell didn't play at all last year, considering Delaware hadn't been in the tournament since 2011. Uh, that's certainly one kind of sleeper that's getting in there. And then Penn and Rutgers, who have a combined one Final Four appearance in right. history. Right. So Penn doing it in 1988 under old friend Tony Seaman. Uh, and Rutgers having never gotten out of the quarterfinals, you know, that bottom half of the draw, uh, none of those teams have been to the Final Four since 13, which was Cornell. Uh, they had 15 Final Fours between them, 13 of which belonged to Cornell. Uh, really kind of, there's going to be somebody that feels a bit random sitting there uh, on Monday afternoon on Memorial Day playing whoever comes out of the top half of the draw. All right. Uh, anything else that, that just jumped out at you from the first weekend of the tournament that we should share, Patrick? Yeah, I, I thought Princeton played really well. They did. And I think one of the things that was obviously a big conversation piece last week was the Ivies, and yep. four of them made it through. Uh, four teams that played at home. Harvard and Brown were the two teams that lost, and both of those teams, I thought, for a half hung in there. Uh, and Brown wound up, wound up losing to just a better team in Virginia. And, and Harvard probably just not as much gas in the tank, plus the fact 
you know, I feel like Harvard was a bunch of 19 and 20 year olds and, and Rutgers is a bunch of 22 and 23 year olds running around out there. Uh, and so that's, I think, a, a bit of a difference. All right. The other thing that I wanted to cover with you, and again, we are scheduled to chat with him a little bit later on, Maryland basketball lands a Georgetown transfer. They're hoping this one will go better than the last one did. Um, but what do we need to know about Donald Carey? Well, let's start with the good stuff about Donald Carey. Um, this is a guy that, for his career, is a 39.2% three-point shooter. He shot 36.5% at Mount St. Mary's for a year, 38% at Siena for a year, almost 41% at Georgetown for two years. So that has held up regardless. Uh, he's also an exceptional foul shooter at 85.7% for his career. That puts him, I think, around 35th, 36th nationally among active players at the end of last season. So he's certainly someone that you're going to want to have on the floor up four with a minute to play or something like that. I think the other thing that's worth pointing out, and people will say, oh, he averaged 13 and a half points at Georgetown, which is true. Uh, but even bad teams have, have people right. that average, average a bunch of points. Right. I don't think, if you're Maryland, I don't think you want him to be a guy that's averaging 13 and a half points. I think in a perfect world, he is a guy that you have as sort of a perimeter specialist. You look at that foul shooting that I mentioned, you know, last year he shot 91% from the, from the foul line, but he only got to the line 78 times in 28 games. So that's not somebody that's taken the ball to the basket. He's not somebody who's necessarily creating his own shot. I think if you're realistic about what he represents, which is a veteran guy that does provide you an outside presence, uh, is, is not a primary ball handler type of any kind, uh, for his career, he's about a 10-9 to 9 assist to turnover guy. Uh, if you're realistic about what he is, and he's probably not a 13.5-points-per-game guy in the Big Ten, but you think, hey, he's going to help you out on the perimeter, he's going to create some space, uh, he's going to be a zone buster, whatever, then he's going to help you. If you expect him to, to be like a lead guard type, that, that's not what he's going to okay. be at that level. Okay, all right. I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Um, anything else that's been going on the last week in the college? I feel like it's been a kind of a quiet week in the college basketball world, right? In, in, for the most part, I'd say so. I, I don't think there's been a whole lot happening. I know Mar- Maryland's going to go play in that tournament, uh, the Hall of Fame tournament, right? Is... They, yeah, that was that was long since announced. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Then then there we go. I somehow I missed it because I'm a dope. That's that's the answer to that. Well, then let's go ahead and play our game. Ken Patrick Stevens. Name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for. I've got two that are a bit more modern for this week, and admittedly, both guys who I had utterly forgotten about one particular team. The first, a three-time All-Star, three times finished in the top 20 of MVP voting. Four teams for Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist, okay. Well, he was a Cub. Of course. And a Tampa Bay Ray. Of course, he knocked out the balk. And he was a, he was a Kansas City Royal he, at the start, right? Most, well, not at the start. He ended up in Kansas City. At the end. Yeah, uh, it was between. It was before okay. the Cubs. So there's one other stop for him. This is I also feel like that's an Oakland guy. That's the one. And I had utterly forgotten about him being in Oakland. I had completely forgotten. Well, that one was easy for you. Do you want to try a trickier one then? Give, give me whatever you got. All right, how about we do, I absolutely could not have named, uh, this might be too, maybe, maybe I'm going too far, but we'll try it. We'll see how it goes. I, uh, I happen to know that this guy once threw a no-hitter because I remember who he threw it against. I did not remember the three teams that he ended up tacking on at the end of his career. Four teams for a two-time All-Star and a World Series champion, Clay Buckholtz. Well, 
Obviously, he was a Red Sox. Most certainly. That's, of course, I no hit the Orioles. T- I remember his ill-fated time as a Philadelphia I, I figured you would. Now, I have no recollection of these two. Yeah, I don't really either, for being ah, honest. Damn um, was he a pirate for a second? No, it wasn't the pirate. I mean, that feels like the sort of... Yeah, you're 100% right. That's definitely that, the type that, of thing they would do. And you know what? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah, say let's, anything. Let's let let me throw out. Uh, I don't know. Let's 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 kind of throw out. Jeez. Um, let's throw Texas out. Okay, it's a, it's a good thought. Do you remember either of these, Paul? Do you remember the last two stops for Clay Buckholz? Yeah. Was he a Cub? No, not a Cub. He was an Arizona Diamondback. And a Toronto Blue Jay for a season okay. each at I the end of Arizona, his career. Don't remember Toronto. So there you go. All right. Uh, are How you, many games for each of those? Uh, actually, the Arizona season was 16 starts and and pretty good. He went seven and two with a 2.01 ERA. My God, okay. he was quite good. The Toronto season at the end was two and five with a 6.65 ERA and 12 starts. So I mean, they were okay. they weren't. Philadelphia was September cameos. Yeah, is what we're saying. Philadelphia was two games, and you remember that. Yeah, but but yes, in I that know. particular case, that yeah. was the that was that was. It feels like it felt like at that point every year the Phillies were getting somebody that was only going to start two games and got something hurt. like they had, that. They had right. Charlie Morton for like two or three starts, and then he got I, hurt. I would and then not he have did even more stuff elsewhere. I would not have remembered that Charlie Morton was ever in Philadelphia either, for what it's worth. I don't remember that at all. Um, are you headed out on the road at all this weekend? I'm heading to both sites. So both. you'll be in uh, be in Long Island on Saturday for first up Penn and Rutgers, and then Princeton and Yale. Hustle back down here, get an early morning flight to Columbus, and it's Delaware and Cornell in the first game, Maryland and Virginia in the second. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. USA Lacrosse Magazine, Patrick Stevens, always appreciate you, my friend. We will talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Awesome, Glenn. Take care. It's Patrick Stevens joining us as he does each and every Tuesday here on GCR to talk a little college sports. And with that in mind, uh, when we come back in, we're going to catch up with the head coach of the Terrapins. We'll catch up with John Tillman as they get ready for a big-time showdown with Virginia on Sunday. If you have not picked up, oh, you know what? Yeah, if you haven't picked up the print issue of PressBox yet, I'd make sure you do that. We're starting to uh, put some plans together for the next print issue, but right now you can still get this one. Some guy named Adley Rutschman. I don't know if you heard of him. <laughs> Nobody's ever talking about that guy. He's on the cover. Great cover story from Luke Jackson. Go pick it up today for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre oh, thank you for having me the great ron simmons Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you.
Chris Jericho, Le Champion, AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. PressBox is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com Stay tuned, your chance to win a million dollars is coming up probably not from us you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio Alright, back in here on GCR, if you didn't see it yesterday the Ravens have signed a linebacker named Vince Beagle and they've signed a linebacker named Vince Beagle that's that's what. I, in fairness, when they signed L.J. Ford, I I didn't have a lot to say about that. I didn't think nothing of it, but I, I I really could not tell you all that much about Vince Beagle. Was most recently with the Dolphins for three years. Was you know helpful. Um, not didn't didn't play at all in 2020. Barely played last season. Was helpful in 2019. Who knows? I mean, it's why not? It doesn't seem like it can hurt, but the Ravens did make a move yesterday. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule getting ready. I don't know if you've heard of kind of a big game coming up on Sunday, rematch of last year's national championship, John Tillman right here on GCR. Well, it's time to talk some lacrosse here on GCR. And joining us now, the head coach, the number one team in the country, the Big Ten champs. They're 15-0 and after they beat Vermont this weekend in the first round of the tournament. And now they're getting ready for Virginia this Sunday out in Columbus, 2.30 on ESPNU. He's Coach John Tillman from the University of Maryland. He's with us on the program. Coach, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Uh, Coach, I, you know, as directly as I can, how has your team managed to avoid complacency as this season's gone on and you have posted lopsided defeats to some of the best teams in the country? How have they not had even one kind of stinker performance all year? I think it's a credit to the leadership of the, the team. Uh, we have a lot of older guys that, you know, have been here a while. Um, I think they have really high standards. Um, you know, each week they kind of reset and realize that whatever we did last week, um, whether it was, 
as well as we like or not as well. They just kind of reset their focus and start all over again um, and then try to play the best game we can and just kind of keep improving. Um, so I think it starts with that leadership and then obviously just the, the dedication our guys have shown, um, you know, just to work hard, you know, each week and, and really manage all the things that student athletes have to do. And then obviously our, our staff, I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, mention our, our coaching staff, those guys do a great job. I'm really lucky to have the coaches on staff that we do that, that get these guys ready. I know you brought in some transfers that had nothing to do with it, but did going through an undefeated season that came up short a year ago, did that fuel any of this fire? I mean, we, you and, and Patrick and I talked about it before the season. Like, did guys use that as motivation to say, we're not going to have a day where we're not our sharpest? Um. I don't think our guys look that big a picture at it. Um, we, we play a tough schedule and, you know, you know, typically, you know, and I think these are kind of atypical years, like with the schedule we play, you know, we anticipate, you know, there being some days where it doesn't go as well as we like, or, you know, maybe we, we drop a game, but we realize that's part of the journey. Um, so that's why we schedule so tough. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little surprising. You know, we didn't experience that this year um, just because I have so much respect for the teams we do play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But there was never, you know, anything bigger than, you know, hey, let's just be the best version of ourselves each day and each week and then reset. Um, I don't think anybody once brought up trying to go undefeated. That was really never one of the big things we talked about. I, I certainly feel like now that we're in the playoffs, um, you know, you've gotten through the Big Ten regular season, you've gotten through the tournament, and now your sole focus is, hey, this is the end of the road. If we lose, it's over. Um, so we got to make sure we, we get another week together. And certainly yesterday we're able to do that. Um, and then it's just, again, a week at a time. So we know we have the defending champs this weekend, and they are terrific. And until yep. somebody beats them, they are the champs so we've got a lot of work to do this week to try to be able to compete with them you know we're going to talk about that obviously here in a second i just wanted to talk about the the thing that's jumped off the page at me this year is is how luke has has gotten even better um at the dot for you guys like to i don't know am i crazy to think that's the biggest difference between a year ago and this year is that my word? It's very difficult to fathom how teams beat you because you get the ball and then you go give it to that offense that can go score. How significant has Luke's growth been to becoming this complete of a lacrosse team? Yeah, I mean, you kind of nailed it. You know, you, you, statistically, if you did break down from last year to this year, I think you'd have to start there. Um, you just see statistically, we were sub 50% last year. Um, you know, and now we're mid sixties, uh, that's a big jump mm-hmm. in one year. Um, so a lot of that credit, you know, goes to Luke and his wing guys, but also Carol Kennedy does an awesome job coaching those guys up and, and Michael Roach and Gavin Ty and Shay Keithler, those, those guys beat each other up every week, um, and just really push and challenge each other, um, to get all of them ready. But obviously Luke seems to be getting the the, the the bulk of the work, but I think we have confidence in any of those guys if you know we needed them to go in. He is Coach John Tillman. He's with us here in Glen Clark Radio as they're getting ready for Virginia. 
Um, yeah, this is kind of a big one, Coach, on Sunday, to say the least. Um, how do you avoid, you know, block out any of the other stuff, The what happened a year ago, what happened in the regular season? How do you avoid all of that and just keep this singularly focused on this being just the next opponent? I'm not sure you can. Um, you know, I think, you know, the guys all know what happened last year, so I don't like, you know, you obviously get to the end of last year and it doesn't go your way. I don't think there's a way that I could tell our guys, you know, hey, just another game. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they would feel that way, you know, and then I don't really want to give you the coach speak answer. Um, you know, last year they came super close. It was heartbreaking. Um, so you know that to, to, go, to go through the, the NCAA playoffs, to win a championship, you have to play great teams. And obviously Virginia's won and they're the champs. Um, and they're the champs until someone beats them. So I think our guys, you know, know, know what happened last year. I think it's a sense of motivation. Uh, it's a sense of respect um, because we did lose to them. Um, so we have to prove that we can do it in the, in the postseason. Um, so I think that's something that, you know, the guys hopefully – you know, we'll think about this week as we prepare, realizing that we have to play our best game of the year. And, um, you know, early in the year we played them. I know they had some injuries. Yeah. They were dinged up. And, and, and now they're healthy and they're playing great. And they looked amazing the other night. So, um, again, it's going to be a tall task. But, you know, I'm excited about getting to work with these guys and, and have this week of prep to, to go out and see what we could do. I, I was going to bring that up. How are they different? Because you referenced when you guys played in D.C., they were a bit banged up. How, how, can, how have you been able to tell how different they are at this point in the season from when you faced them in March? Yeah, I think you, you just look at the way guys are moving around, you know, and, and you, know, you know, sometimes you can tell guys are, are limping a little bit or – they're dinged up a little bit. Um, you know, you can tell that from your own guys. Sometimes you can tell that from the other guys. And, and then you just hear things, you know, dirt, you know, from people, Hey, I heard this guy's dinged up. I heard this guy's dinged up. Um, and, and you, you knew that was the case. So I think we got to that time where they were still, um, you know, pretty beat up. And then I think the way the schedule worked out was great for them. They got some time off towards the end to, to rest up and heal up and um, obviously put their best foot forward. Is there any part of you, Coach, that's concerned about, hey, what happens if we do you know, take a, take a punch to the mouth early on in a game? Is there any part of you just because you guys have been you know, at cruising and, and playing so consistently well? Do you, do you get at all nervous about it? Is there anything you can do to prepare for that and how you practice? Yeah, I think we, you know, we talk about it a lot. Um, I think we, you know, our kids are realistic enough to know that you know, at some point, you know, much like the Ohio State game, you know, we were down four goals. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt like they were kind of taking it to us. Um, they know that, you know, those, you know, those situations are there if um, the other team's executing at a high level. And if you combine that with us being sloppy or just, you know, maybe being a little bit um, reckless. So we, we have to make sure we realize if things don't go our way, we have to have a next play mentality um, and just – not get caught up in the scoreboard and just realize, like, you know, that's part of where we are. Um, the games are going to be tougher. Um, there will be times when the other team, you know, has some momentum and they'll be, you know, putting a lot of pressure on you. But it, what's most important is how you respond to it. Um, and I think our guys have, you know, a lot of these guys have been here for a while, so they've seen that. Uh, maybe they didn't see as much this year, but they've seen it. Um, you know, and, and they've had those moments. So you reflect back on those experiences 
Um, and then you just have to make sure that, you know, again, stay committed to each other, um, you know, keep playing hard for each other. Um, you know, when we were in that spot, you responded well. Um, but you also, you turn on the, the film of Virginia, like they score goals. They score goals in bunches. And they did that to us the first time. You know, they go on runs and they're talented. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to be able to take some of those punches. Much like in a boxing match, you're going to get hit. Like, you just got to be able to take those punches. Just another couple minutes here with uh, Coach John Tillman as they get ready for Virginia this Sunday. Coach, I know it helps to have good players, um, and that goes a long way when you're in these situations. We referenced Luke, and, you know, I think a lot of these guys, I think everybody expected Logan was going to have a big season this year, and DeMeo and guys like that. Is there a player on the roster that you say, I don't know that this particular player has gotten enough credit for how they've grown and, and some, maybe the pride that you have in what they've done to get you guys to this point where you are, you know, standing down a return to championship weekend and, and sitting at 15-0. and Yeah, I think, you know, um, a lot of our guys have gotten accolades. I think a guy like John Geppert mm. is uh, a long stick for us that has mm-hmm. done an incredible job that, you know, he, he's got another year and he'll be back, but, you know, you don't hear a lot about, but he does a, a great job in the middle of the field for us. Jake Higgins um, is a guy that has done an amazing job for us. Um, you know, Bubba Fairman, who is an offensive guy who's now playing defense, has done an yep. awesome job. Um, Alex Smith is a guy that came back from injury and, and now gives us a four-man defensive midfield rotation. Um, you know, those guys do a, a great job for us. Um, and maybe don't get talked about a lot. Um, you know, I think Jack Brennan and Jack Course have really had great years for us. Um, or, you know, and last year didn't have those roles, so their elevation has been great. Eric Maliver um, has had an increased role this year, and he's done a great job. Uh, Ajax Zapatello, um, first year starting, um, has plugged into where Nick Rill was, and we couldn't ask him to be Nick Rill, but he's been so effective, and he's been really, really good. How do you uh, how do you keep things loose, Coach? How do you keep things like? The, a lot of people would see a lot of pressure with being undefeated and would see a lot of pressure with national championship expectations. How do you go about keeping things loose and making sure guys don't ever allow that to, to, to sort of overwhelm them? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, pressure is a privilege. Um, you know, it's kind of the way we look at it is, you know, you come to a place like Maryland, lacrosse means so much. Um, so it's a privilege to, to – have people coming out and supporting us and, and people that care so much. So like, you know, to me, it's, it's a blessing. Um, I don't, you know, necessarily feel pressure per se. Um, I know our guys just try to be their best and obviously that's our saying, but if you're just really dialed in to be the best version of you um, and then collectively we try to do the same thing, win, lose or draw, if that's our approach, even if it doesn't go your way, you're going to reflect black like we had the right mindset. Um, so, you know, with this comes big challenges, and sometimes it means getting your heart broken. But as we talk about, to me, living life is, you know, like taking on those challenges and taking on some risk and, um, you know, kind of not knowing what's going to happen. But, you know, the more you risk, you know, the bigger the reward um, and sometimes the, the bigger the disappointment. But, you know, to me, I don't think life's about just being safe. You know, it's it's going out there and taking on those challenges, realizing that, you know, if it doesn't go your way, sure, there's heartbreak. But I think with our guys, the journey and the growth that they that we see um, for them as young men when they come in and men when they leave, um, that's all part of it. The fun they have, 
And I think that's part of what this group does. They have a good attitude at practice. Um, the locker room situation for us has been so much better. We moved into football's old locker room. Oh, wow. And, and, and we created the feel and more like of a welcoming feel to it. Um, it's, it's a much bigger locker room. It's probably five times bigger than our old one. And, you know, we have TVs in there. We have couches. We have beanbag chairs. Um, we have a ping pong table. We wow. have dome hockey. Um, we have little finny fiddlesticks and uh, little lacrosse goals in there. Um, they have um, uh, video games and stuff like that in there. So I think there's a sense of, like, when you come to the locker room, you know, regardless of if you had an exam or a big paper, you can kind of get away from all that. You're with the guys. You're spending time together. You're having some fun. And, and I think anybody that's been on a team at any level, the, the locker room's a pretty sacred and special place. And, you know, when you're in there, it's you and the guys. Um, you can kind of let your hair down. You can get to know each other. And so I think that atmosphere has been fun. And, you know, I think with our guys, a little bit of fun goes a long way. Um, so it's important for us to realize, yeah, they need to laugh. They need to joke. Um, when you need to be serious, you need to be serious. But they're young people, so along the journey, you got to make sure you sprinkle some of that in, or it's just going to be boring. It's going to get mundane. And I think the guys kind of check out mentally. Yeah, I can understand. That's a really fascinating answer, coach. I really appreciated that. Look, I, I wish this one was closer to home on Sunday so that uh, more of us could be there, but we're going to look forward to seeing you guys Sunday, 2.30, taking on Virginia in the quarterfinals. Coach John Tillman, best of luck. Thank you, as always, taking the time for us. And Look forward to chatting with you again here as we get a little bit closer to Memorial Day, all right? It's... Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your support. It's Maryland lacrosse coach John Tillman with us here on GCR ahead of the game on a Sunday, and I appreciate his answer about it. Look, man, I'm not trying to block it out. I'm not – everybody knows. Everybody knows what happened, and maybe it's easier because you already had the kind of revenge game, if you will, earlier on this season where Maryland defeated Virginia, but this one far more important, and – the stakes of, hey, this has been the team that has eliminated us in each of the last two NCAA tournaments, that probably shoulders a bit more burden than when you met, frankly, with nothing at stake in the regular season. So I, I appreciated the honesty of his answer there. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Uh, from, from Dave. Dave says, do, do, do. Glenn, as far as your point about the Orioles and what they should say, if they don't know what the answer is, then how could saying anything at all be beneficial? I feel like the only way they could say anything is once they know exactly what the date is going to be. I agree with you that they should give more of a heads up, but I'm okay with that being today or even tomorrow if the answer is Friday. Two things, Dave. One, uniquely, they were as aware as everyone else was about people circling Monday on the calendar. People have brought up that apparently Ben McDonald said something that wasn't direct but was, you know, kind of loose around that. I, I'm not blaming the Orioles for Ben McDonald, especially if he didn't act. If Ben McDonald had come on the air and said, Adley Rushman was going to be here on Monday, then they definitely have an obligation to set the record straight. There's no question about that. But if all he said was like, hey, it could be a, 
it could be a more exciting series or something like that's the sense that I got of what he said that's basically about it. What he said, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if that falls under the obligation category, but it recognizes they they knew what everybody else was saying. So again, you got to separate obligation from benefit, and the benefit to your fan base is. Hey, I, I I want you to know that we're on the same. We want you to come out. We want to see you at the ballpark. You know, we we want to have a great week of games, and we want to have crowds there and market yourself. But don't leave your fans feeling like they've been bamboozled by anyone, even if it wasn't you. This will happen sometimes where a company will find out that someone was a customer was taken advantage of by someone else and they'll reach out to try to help that customer. You'll find out that somebody bought a fake pair of shoes or something like that. You see these stories all the time on social media. I'm not saying that the Orioles should refund anyone who bought a ticket last night. They still got to go to the game. I found out there was a uh, when I said my tickets were available there was a mom who reached out to me and said i have two sons i'd love to take my like, that's great awesome go have fun you still got value for your ticket and you didn't pay extra because it was you thought it was going to be adley rutschman's first game because there was clearly no demand for the tickets as paul pointed out already the Orioles don't need to refund you for your ticket for last night now you said you could have exchanged it for another date um, so here's, here, I exchanged two of my tickets. Okay. Um, they made an exception for me. Okay. You're not supposed to exchange less than 24 hours before the game. What? And they made an exception because my two, two of my buddies were supposed to go and they, yeah. and they both couldn't last minute. Okay. Well, it's nice. They did, they did a nice thing. Yeah. Credit, credit to the Orioles for that. That's a nice thing for them to do and say, Hey, we'll, we'll help you out. We'll work with you as a customer. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here. Just work with us. And and going back to your point, like if they know it's going to be Friday, why does it need to be tomorrow? Why can't it couldn't have been yesterday? Mm-hmm. If they know again, your first your first premise is if they don't know. Okay. If they don't know, then 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 you're starting to see the same thing happen for Friday that we saw happen for Monday. You're starting to see more people sort of point to that date. Again, say something, anything at all. You want to try to give him a call? Um, he just got back to me. He said he's not available every day until 4 p.m. Well, I don't that's, know if that's awkward. Time or our time. That's awkward. Okay, we will have to get that straightened out. Having a day today. Um, unfortunately, apparently Donald Carey is not available to join us this morning as uh, we thought he was. We'll try to get that squared away. You, you, you and I will deal with that in a minute. Sure. We'll try to get that squared away to have him join us later on in the week. We were supposed to, I think you heard me say that we were supposed to have Muggsy Bogues join us today. He's going to join us tomorrow. These things have a tendency of happening where just things look a certain way, but Muggsy's going to join us tomorrow. We're hoping that Donald Carey is going to get that. Uh, we'll be able to join us as well. We'll we'll make it all happen. We are, you know, these things come up and we just sort of deal with them. Um, but yeah, if they don't know, then you might want to step up and say, I say if you don't know. If you don't know today whether the answer is going to be Friday or not, I'm not, I'm not sure how that could be. What, what could still be determined between now and Friday? 
we're getting into some muddy waters, Dave, in, in playing these hypothetical games. If you don't know today that you can call up Adley Rutschman on Friday, then you're losing out on the benefit of the marketing aspect of Adley Rutschman's first game. And there would be an argument that at this point you shouldn't decide on Thursday that you could call him up on Friday because you're just not getting enough of an opportunity. I'd like to hope that they'll know a few days ahead of time, and I can't fathom what it would be that would make them know definitively tomorrow that Adley Rutschman could come up on Friday, but not today. That's a that's a tough thing. Could they announce it tonight? Yes, of course. And that's that's great. I hope they do. But why couldn't they have announced it yesterday? Is my question. That's the I I just think as much as you possibly can, as much headway as you can give to your fan base to make decisions. Get a babysitter. Not everybody is in a place where they can just sort of up and make the decision to go to a game. Help out as much as you possibly can. That's my point. And if there is some unique reason why you can't know, I, that's a different. I can't speak to that. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I just can't fathom what it would be. What, what uniquely... Like, are you deciding that until Adley Rutschman has a three-hit game, he can't come to Baltimore? And as soon as he has that, then you'll announce it? Like, I I don't know. I just don't know what that could be. So, Dave, Dave that's what I'm struggling with. From uh, Jeremy. Not Jeremy Kahn, I don't think. I don't think it's Jeremy Kahn. Uh, Jeremy says... Glenn, did you see that there was something floating around that maybe even some of Adley's family was not in on it? I, you know, I got a weird... It's so... Jeremy, you, it's so funny you bring that up. Somebody named Colin messaged me this morning and said, Adley's uncle is in town hoping to see him this week. I, I find that really difficult. Again, unless he made plans so well in advance that he was just like, ah, oh, the hell with it, I'm going to go anyway. Right? Like, if Adley Rutschman's uncle decided three weeks ago, hey, one week at single A, one week at double A, one week at triple A, then and just decided to go ahead and book everything then, and then at that point, ah, the hell with it, I'm here, I'm just staying here. I just don't, that that one confuses me a little bit more. It, I'm not saying it's impossible, Colin, I don't know that. You're telling me something, if you're saying that's, I, I just don't know that, if that's true. I Right now, I, I can't even really react to that. Um because I, I just feel like it's possible that it could be made up. Although I don't know. I don't know who this person is. Colin Colin has Colin appears to be a bot. Not a bot, but he's somebody it's a this looks like a burner account. So I don't know. Maybe it's a burn maybe that's Adley's uncle. Maybe that's who it is. I don't know. It's very weird. I it's can't imagine weird. the family member wouldn't know. You say that except for the fact that, like, when we had his mom on, she definitely didn't seem to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for what it's worth, I can say with certainty they had no idea that he was going to be going to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like, I can say with certainty that the family had uh, had plans to be in Bowie. And then, because of the rain situation, that got moved. But we all know what that was. It was about rain. Mm-hmm. Like, the there was rain in the forecast. And, and maybe and they made the a Orioles, decision. Maybe the Orioles told him a date and they said, look, we know you want to tell your family. 
we can't have you tell anybody because we can't risk it getting right. But it's also possible that the family just made. And I don't know. I don't know if there's any truth to this whatsoever because I don't know who this person is. And, And so maybe I shouldn't even be bringing it up, honestly, because I don't I don't know who this person is that's telling me this. Somebody else emailed, Jeremy emailed, and said that, that he had heard it too. But it, I, I don't know. I have no idea, Jeremy. I couldn't tell you. I, we're, we're all spending a lot of time talking about something that there is no answer to. It's frustrating. And I imagine that if they don't know, it's probably quite frustrating for his family. I, I'd like to hope that's not the case. I'd like to hope that, that he knows and they know. But, you know, to your point, Paul, like, is there risk of... Word getting out and spoiling a surprise, I guess. But why is it a surprise? What? This isn't professional wrestling. He's not going to debut at WrestleMania? Like, this isn't. There's going to be 70,000 people there, and you want to have a big surprise moment. Like, you need to create the moment. Could you imagine if they just didn't announce ahead of time and Adley Rudgeman shows up in the second inning? (laughs) He's just in the starting lineup with no announcement whatsoever. If there was a starting, if he was in the starting lineup, there would still be a few hours for people to get there. I mean, like, could you imagine if they started the game and all of a sudden Adley Rudgeman was just catching number thirty-five, Adley Rudgeman? Like, wait, don't you have to make a roster move? <laughs> no, nah, we changed things. Fireworks go off. A like, pyro display. That's the. That's why the surprise. Like, why would we be? Bo- why would you be bothered by somebody spoiling the surprise? Why does it need to be a surprise? Like, what? What am I missing here? What is the benefit of there being a surprise? Let as many people know as possible. Am I crazy? What? We're acting like this is when Roger Clemens signed with the Yankees and Susan Waldman was freaking out in the broadcast booth. This is the most dramatic thing in the history of baseball. Like, what What are we really? doing? You don't remember that day? Roger Clemens. I remember, y- I remember when he year announced. One year hadn't signed, and it was into the season. It, it, was like, it was like June, and he made the announcement. He ended up making like 18 starts for them. And I remember like he went in the broadcast booth and said, yeah, I'm coming back to well, pitch. Well, he was sitting in the owner's box. Right. And like they put up on the screen... Roger Clemens has signed we signed with the Yankees and is joining the team. And nobody like legitimately told no one. Mm-hmm. So the reaction was quite genuine from everybody. Oh, and in particular Susan Waldman, who I and I think Susan Waldman is excellent as a broadcaster. Um but Susan Waldman I think just happened to be the one. Oh, I wish I could find it because it was so good. Susan Waldman, Roger Clemens. Um so there was a Vice story about it a couple years ago. I just want the video. I just want the... Why They did a whole damn think piece about when Susan Waldman freaked out about Roger Clemens. And they didn't include a link to the video. What the hell is going on? All right. I'll probably never. I'll probably never. Is this it? Maybe this is it. Eh. A lot of buildup. A lot of buildup that I'm doing here. A lot of buildup. Um, of course, there's a State Farm. There's a 20-second video and a 20-second ad ahead of time because why wouldn't that be the case? America. Hang on. Let's see if this is it. Oh, no, that's just him. That's him addressing the crowd. Damn it. I want the Susan Waldman video. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? Um, I just don't know why it would be a surprise is the point that I'm trying to make. I had a uh, finish this. It is so complicated, though. We'll see how this goes. This comes to us from Mediate. Finish this. 
name. It's a blank. It's three words. It's a name. It's a person's name. A famous person's name. Three three words. All right? Just stop for a second. Blanks. So three word blank. Blank, but it's three words and it's a name. Blanks. For serving blank two words i'm sorry you you gotta start over because i put down three blanks Uh uh-huh um that's the name right then that that person blanks so there's another blank afterwards blank blank blank, blanks blanks okay for serving blank two words shaped like this is another name blank blank but with an apostrophe there's a possessive at the end so look at how i'm saying this Blank blanks, blank. Like blank blanks, blank. blank at 2011 party. At 2011, why is this just coming out? Now? I don't know. I have not read the story yet. It was merely the headline that jumped out for me, and it's, 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 it's cheeky, but there's an element of it that's not cheeky. That's all I'll say. So it's blank blank blank. That's a name. Blanks for serving blank blank shaped like like blank blanks blank at 2011 party. At 2011 and the party. other blank blank that that with the uh, possessive is another name. Is another name. All right, so I'm gonna say that the last blank mm-hmm. is penis, not penis, vagina, not vagina, breastuses, not breasts. That would be plural. Uh, booty, no. Anus, no. None of none of those. In any way. So blank, 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 blanks mm-hmm. for serving blank, blank, shaped like blank, blanks. Blank at 2011 party. Head. No. Damn. No. Think darker. Poop. No. For the love of God. You're, you're, you're obsessed with this one blank. Maybe maybe we try something it's else. It's the name Meta World Peace. Not Meta World Peace, but that you're, you're right to think of a celebrity with three names. A celebrity with... Known for having three names. Well, I would say uh, definitely more famous than Meta World Peace. Jean-Claude Van Damme? That's four names. Well, Van Damme might be one. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah. Um, famous. Three-name celebrity. A-list celebrity. I'm not going to get this. With stuff like this, my instant recall is terrible. Um, well, I, we all remember the Mike Tyson situation. Yeah. Blank, blank, blank. Laments. Is that the fourth word? Not laments, but, you know, you're dancing around it. Re- it's not regrets because that wouldn't make, way- make sense the way you were. Regrets for serving. Right. So think of what you would blank for. You, um, If you had regret, you might... Um, oh boy! Like if you make up for something, you you, you or you 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 feel regret about it, so you should probably apologize. There we go. We're getting right. there. Apologizes. Apologize for, for serving blank blank, shaped like blank blanks blank, at 2011 party. For serving cupcakes. No. Is it a dessert? No. Hot dogs? No. But, uh, like, I want to say you're closer. I just don't think. 
Like, oh God, I just saw a picture. Holy hell. What the, the F? Blank, what? blank, blank apologizes for serving. Oh my God, this is twisted. Blank, blank, shaped like blank, blanks, blank at 2011 party. Oh, dude, I have no idea. Oh, come on, man. You said you said I'm kind of close with hot dogs. Yeah, I want to say you're close, but I feel like it's going to take you the wrong way when you are. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's try to work through this together. Okay. All right. I, I'm. This is your final week here. You're, th- clearly, you're quitting because you you just never you never really caught on with finish this. I had a couple. I had a couple good runs but, with it. But the point being, you're just supposed to guess absurd things, and you're trying to. You've always tried too hard to figure it out and solve the puzzle for a serving uh, potato salad. The, the idea, you're, you're just guessing one part of it. You're, the idea was for it to be like a Mad Lib, for you to just start from the beginning and just to say something absurd. Right, but absurd. it's not a Mad Lib because these are like, this is like a real thing. No, but you can and say in a like Mad a, Lib it's, that it's, it's a, a name. It's a real name. You can say that. Any, you could have just said Meta World Peace, uh, fishes for serving. Okay. Like, you can, it's just a Mad Lib. That's all it is. All right. Um, You've just been hell-bent I from just, day one about trying to solve these. You've always, in your mind... Tried to prioritize solving the puzzle, like it was a wheel of fortune type of situation. See, I just I, I can't recall any any A list celebrity with three names. I'm that's what I'm really struggling. Well, with. you came up with Meta World Peace. That was the only one. That was the first. So name. interesting to me that that was the first one you came up with. Yeah, that like was that was that was the name that you went to. Have you heard of Philip Seymour Hoffman, for example? Has three names. That's not who it but, is. But he did. He is dead. You're right and about he this. Apologize By the now. way, one of the parties involved with this story is also dead. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting how that works and might help you solve the final part of this. Is the last word corpse? Yes. How about that? The last word is corpse. Okay. We've gone the exact opposite direction of what this the finish this is supposed to be. All right. So blank, blank, blank apologizes for We're just for trying to help Paul solve the puzzle now. For serving... Um, barbecue chicken shaped like Anna Nicole's corpse at 2011 party. I, I, I like where your head's at. I do. I like where your head's at. I, what I'll give you, I, we're just going to, because it's 1137, so we're going to have to wrap up. The three-name person is Neil Patrick Harris. Not Neil sure if Patrick you've heard Harris. of him. Pretty famous three-name person. Yeah. Pretty well-known three-name human see i just can't imagine him doing something offensive you know i i can't believe how offensive this was this is why like it's cheeky because the headline is so bombastic but then you see it and you're like what the f neil patrick harris apologizes for serving meat platter shaped like amy winehouse's corpse and here's the picture my what is God, that's the a that, f? That's a meat platter. I don't know how that's a meat platter exactly. I'm Maybe not, that's your actual corpse. I swear to God. <laughs> what is the? Let me f? see. There's no way that's a, that's a real corpse. There's I mean, no way that's like a, a meat. It platter. definitely looks like a real corpse to me. This is good. Apparently, Jesse Tyler Ferguson's husband took a picture and tweeted it out all those years ago. Uh, the story from Mediaite. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris has apologized after facing backlash for serving a meat platter shaped like Amy Winehouse's corpse at a 2011. How did this come up? 
Uh, quote, a photo recently resurfaced from a Halloween-themed party my husband and I hosted 11 years ago, unquote, Harris said in the statement to Entertainment Weekly. Quote, it was regrettable then, and it remains regrettable now. Amy Winehouse was a once-in-a-generation talent, and I'm sorry for any hurt this image caused, unquote. What the hell? At only 20, all right, blah, 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 blah. A picture of the platter posted by Jesse Tyler Ferguson's husband, Justin Mitt, and deleted shortly after, showed a sign that read, quote, the corpse of Amy Winehouse, unquote. The sign also detailed what was included in the platter. Beef ribs, pulled pork, chicken sausage, and a spicy barbecue sauce. How does that? What? I don't, I don't have the words, man. Celebrities, they are not was, like us. That was disturbing. I mean, they are not it was a like Halloween us, party, so that I, at least makes it. I I got. I have no idea what oh, the thought was, process that was. That was. looks like a real corpse. Also, I think I found those. the Susan Waldman video. Oh, did you? All right, if you it's want, it's fifty-two quick. seconds long. Yeah, it's about right. Qu- it, 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 quickly, because we do have to wrap up and turn things over to simply the bets here in a second. There's probably oh, going to be an oh, ad. Good. Yeah, this is a nice ad at the front. Are of you haunted? I'm not. I'm not. I can do an ad, and I tell you that after we listen to Susan Waldman, the tidbit is going to be brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The uh, spring seasonal menu is available now at Glory Days Grill, featuring the opener, the flash-fried pork belly, as well as the Cracker Jack Sunday and more. You only got two weeks. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in and enjoy all of the delicious items on Glory Days Grill spring seasonal menu. We good? Thank you all. No, that's not it. That's Roger Clemens addressing the crowd. Well, they came and got me out of Texas. And uh, I can tell you it's a privilege to be back. I'll be talking to you all soon. I think it leads into her. Well, you just heard it. Roger Clemens from George Steinbrenner's owner's box just announced to the stadium crowd that he is coming back. So I guess they got him to come back a little bit sooner than he said he was going to. And Al, I guess the Yankees have themselves a fourth starter. <laughs> that's, that's the TV broadcast. It's not even the radio broadcast. Yeah, that's not. Well, this- well we just wasted that time. Uh, we'll never get that back. All good. All good. That's that's the video that I found that, that, that wasn't working. Um, whatever. It, you'll find it. Just search for it. Susan Waldman freaking out about Roger Clemens. Now, uh, go ahead with tidbits. All right. Hang on. Forgot that you already did uh, yep. the read. My sincerest apologies. All right, so last night the, the Orioles lost to the Yankees 6-2, to two, collecting three hits in the process, two of which were solo home runs off the bat of Anthony Santander, one from each side of the plate. In the last four games, all losses, the Orioles have scored five runs, all coming on solo home runs from Santander, three, and Trey Mancini, two. According to ESPN Stats and Info, the Orioles are now 0-6 and Anthony Santander hits multiple home runs in a game. Santander is the only player in Major League history to lose the first six multi-home run games of his career. What two players have the most multi-home run games in Major League history? And then bonus question, what active player has the most three home run games in Major League history? I'm just going to guess it's Albert Pujols. No. Uh, active player? Mm-hmm. Miguel Cabrera. No. Uh, how about... This is a tricky one. How about Mike Trout? No. Uh, He's been in the league less than... Lo- shorter, a shorter time than Mike Trout. Uh, just... Uh, 
Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts okay. has six between the Red Sox he's, and he's the, really good. And the Dodgers. And who have the most all time? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, and actually he has the most in NL history, but he's second overall. Second overall. So he has seventy one. Uh, Hank Aaron. Oh, I guess no. he would be NL. Um, so this is the person who has the most in American League history. He, well. He's tied with Bonds. He had 71 in the American League, but he had one in the National League, so he has 72. Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty logical choice. That's the most of all time. All right, fair enough. I'm glad I didn't I'm glad I went with the easy answers that time and didn't overthink it. All right, Tubular is brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good, bpdrecruit.org. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise for this evening. Orioles continue their series against the Yankees. Yes, Spencer Watkins against Jamison Tyon. It is on Masson tonight at 7 o'clock. Also coming up tonight, uh, a lot of... uh, I'll get back. No, no, I'll just go ahead now and give you all the baseball, and then we'll talk to you on everything else. The baseball, Masson 2, Nationals, Marlins, 640, TBS, Astros, Red Sox, 7, MLB Network, Diamondbacks, Dodgers at 10. Maryland baseball plays their regular season finale against James Madison, or their home regular season finale, sorry, against James Madison at 5 o'clock on Big Ten Network Plus. ESPN, the NBA Draft Lottery at 8. The Eastern Conference Finals get underway. Celtics Heat Game 1 at 8.30. TNT, Lightning Panthers Game 1 at 7. Blues Avalanche Game 1 at 9.30. CBS Sports Network, the Washington Mystics take on the Dallas Wings at 8 o'clock. On MeTV, which is WBAL subchannel, I believe, uh, the MAIA, MAIAA, MIAA Conference Lacrosse Semifinals. McDonough and Boys Latin at 5. Calvert Hall St. Mary's at 7.30. USA for Southampton and Liverpool at 2.45. Then WWE NXT at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, There's really not a lot going on tonight. Uh, One of your favorite shows, Mr. Mayor, at 8.30 on NBC. I do love Mr. Mayor. Nick Jonas from your favorite band, the Jonas Brothers, is going to be on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Um, And honestly, it's just stuff and things. There's really nothing else going on. Of all the dramatic things, of all the dramatic things I've ever seen, Roger Clubman standing right in George Steinbrenner's box, announcing he is back. Roger Clubman is a New York Yankee, and there we go. Susan Waldman freaking I've out. Ever all those seen years Roger ago. Clemens. So excited about it. All right, uh, there you go. It's totally tubular. Thanks today to John Tillman as well as to Patrick Stevens. We'll get those things up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Muggsy Bogues will join us. We will have our MLB draft segment with Jonathan Mayo. Um, uh, Drew, I imagine, will be checking in to talk some PGA Championship stuff and things. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Royal Farms, Glory Days Grill, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul at Paul Valley the Third on Twitter. Thanks to Ryan at RexPexRyan. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Uh, go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. When we come back in, if you're with us on audio, do nothing. If you're with us on video, give us one minute. Simply the Bets is next.
And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Paul Valley with you. We're going to check in with our friend Aaron Oster out in Vegas here in just a second at VEASAN. And then a little bit later on, we are going to catch up with the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Leon Twyman. That's all coming up as we start focusing on the PGA Championship, but uh, maybe recalibrate a bit as far as the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs are concerned after the first round in the NHL playoffs and the second round in the NBA. So all of that coming up on the program. If you're thinking about where it is that you want to watch the final round of the PGA Championship on Sunday, I would tell you that the place to be, as always, is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel with those 61 self-service kiosks. And those self-service kiosks are open 24-7, so no matter what you're betting, whether it's the PGA Championship or Ukrainian ping pong or Asian baseball, no matter when they're playing it, you can bet it on the 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's head out to Vegas. Aaron Oster from VEASAN joins us now here on Simply the Bets. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. How are your bets going? Um, eh, I, I've, uh, I've taken a small pause. I've taken a... <laughs> uh, just just had a kind of a rough week and... Rafi on a doll blowing it in the uh, in 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 Rome last week to friggin' Dennis Shapovalov just kind of made me want to think about. It. I wanted to regroup. I, trust me, when the French Open gets underway on Sunday, French Open is coming. I up. assure you, I will be right back in the swing of things. But I've just chosen to take a slight break, a slight pause until the French Open gets underway and uh, lick my wounds, if you will, after what has been a tough time. <laughs> I, I might be hitchhiking my way out to sea in Vegas here in a couple of months because I don't know that I can afford the flight. All right. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you had a few things. It's not just that, that you missed on a couple things last week. It's that a couple of uh, the things that may be a bit lo- more long-term ended up not working out so well for you. Like, yeah, you wanted me to bet on the Suns to win the West a few weeks back. Yeah, the Suns were weren't uh, aren't good. Definitely missed a few. Though I did, by the way, my long shot Ryan Palmer did finish in the top five of the Byron Nelson. It's all well and um, that's all well and good. You're, you said the, you said the bet him yeah. to win. I understand that. I understand, I understand that. that. But yes, you know these things happen. Luckily, the Celtics are still alive. That kind of helps me out. And you know, as you're finding out here, you, you kind of take it take it as it goes. Yep. You pause. You regroup, and you wait for. The next tennis tournament to start. Yeah, Dor- Dorian Finney-Smith, huh? Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks a lot. Oh, and hey, at least there was a first inning run in that Orioles Cardinals game. Uh, yeah, wait. Thank, 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 thanks for that. All right, let's uh, let's get back out on the horse. Uh, the five L's of sports betting, not five losses, although it was pretty close last week. <laughs> Uh, instead, just some theme bets that Aaron offers to you each and every week here on Simply the Baguette. Simply the Baguettes? What is that? Simply the... Oh, we should start a show called Simply the Beignets and do it from New Orleans, though. I am all for that. In. I am for it. All right, let's begin with your local bet for the week. All right, uh, for my local play, you know, again, it's one of those things I kind of really want to play some lacrosse. I want to play the over in the Maryland-Virginia game, but those lines aren't out yet, unfortunately, if they do pop up. So uh, I'm looking right now, at, of course, at the Orioles game. And so I'm, again, looking at the props. The, the person run did not work for me last week. I'm going to go away from that one. I was looking at the various pitching props. And uh, the one thing that stuck out to me, and this one's going to be a little bit random, 
Uh, Jamison Tyon has a hit total allowed prop set at four and a half. Mm. Tyon has given up at least five hits in five of his six starts this season. Of course, unfortunately for the Orioles, the one time he didn't was in one of his two starts against the Orioles this season. However, he also went under five innings in that game. And I don't know exactly how the Orioles will fare in this one overall, but I do have confidence that they'll get at least five hits against Tyon. So give me over five hits allowed. Mm -hmm. Have have you seen the Orioles offense without Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle? Have you, uh, you know, have you been paying attention? I, I get it. I get it. They don't need to score runs. They don't even need to string together multiple hits in an inning. They just need to get hits here, hits there. I hear you. It. I hear you. It just has not been good, man. It, has been, a, it has been a tough stretch. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's your local. How about uh, let's go with something that's a bit more long-term. Give me a futures bet that you like this week. All right. Long-term. And I don't normally, for long-terms, like to give out odds on value i just don't think it just my personal philosophy other people bet differently my personal philosophy is that uh you know i just don't like having my money tied up that long when i'm not having a huge return there are exceptions though and when i think things aren't priced necessarily correctly when i think there's value even if it's minus i will go ahead and play that sometime and in this case i do think there's some value in betting on the Colts to win the AFC South at minus oh, 105. Okay. Uh, um, I think the Colts were the more complete team than the Titans last year. Their big flaw was that they didn't have a quarterback. Well, now I think they do have a quarterback. Now Matt Ryan's not, you know, he's not a superstar, but he's still capable enough to uh, get them where they want to go, do what they want to do, be able to, you know, throw the ball when they need to here and there. But, you know, I, again, I, I simply think the Colts were the better team last year, and between injuries and between the fact that Carson Wentz was not a quarterback last year, they couldn't quite pull that off. This year, I think the Colts, from top to bottom, you know, you, you kind of compare them to the Titans. I don't know where the Titans are better than the Colts. Um, so at minus 105, I think there's value. I also have noticed this has moved a little bit. Uh, it was plus 110 as of not that long ago, and I do think that this continues to move. And so, again, looking for value, looking for to try to get ahead of the market, I think this likely closes at minus 120, 25 by the time we get around to the season starting. So I have no problem with playing that now. And if you are like me, by the way, and you don't like, uh, you know, laying the minus 105 to hold that uh, so long, the nice thing about FanDuel is that, unlike a lot of places, you can parlay futures. So if you want to pair that with, let's say, the Bills winning the AFC East or the Bucks winning the NFC South or, you know, whatever other future you really happen to like to get more value and that way you're holding on to a plus 200 ticket or a plus 300 ticket instead of a minus 105, you can do that. But my, my bet is the Colts at minus 105, but definitely feel free to uh, mess around and put it together a future parlay. Admittedly, I, what you're saying makes this tricky for me. I, I, I hate these types of bets because, as I said to you before, like it feels like what you're really betting on is health, and that's such a difficult thing to do, right? Like I, I agree with you that in looking at that division right now that I think the Colts are the team to beat, and I I think Matt Ryan has more to offer at this point than Phillip Rivers did when he showed up in Indianapolis. I think Matt Ryan might be closer to where Matt Stafford was. And I'm not saying that they're going to go win the Super Bowl, but I just don't I don't think that Matt Ryan is done at this point. I still think he has something to offer as a quarterback. But am I banking on him to stay healthy for 17 games? Because if he doesn't, then they might not win the division. So that's just the tricky part about this to me is – 
you're 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 really betting on health. And while you're right, you're probably getting better odds. It's not like you're getting so much better odds that it justifies the fact that you got to sit around and wait for so long in order to find out if your bet's going to pay off. That's that's just the. I I wish that the injury risk was more built into futures bets than like to to appease people to try to make a bet a little bit earlier. I wish that there was more of a given. This was something more like would you, it was plus one hundred five, is what you said. Yeah, I I feel like this would have to be more like at least plus one fifty, probably closer to make me say, hey, it's worth making this type of bet given all of the risks that are built into something. But you know, somebody's got to win the division, so you can't do that with everybody. I understand. That. Exactly. <laughs> Just um, as much of a risk that the Titans have injuries. Exactly right. I understand that. All right. Uh, next, your long shot. What is the underdog that you happen to like the most this week? All right. I'll, I'll go back to uh, golf for my long shot. And I'm going to take uh, Will Zalatoris at 41-1 to 1 to win the PGA Championship. Ooh. Uh, Zalatoris, he's finished in the top 10 in four of the six majors he's played in. So, for me, it's kind of a waiting game. Like He's going to break through at some point. He's going to win a big tournament. And honestly, I'm probably going to play him until he does because he, at the very least, keeps racking me up top 10 finishes, sometimes top 5 finishes. And so one of these days, he's going to uh, come around and actually win the major. Um, Southern Hills is, of course, fairly windy conditions, rewards ball strikers, which is you know what he does best and one of the best on the tour at being a ball striker. It's always been his putting. That's kind of prevented him from actually winning the tournament. And, you know, he's also won here as an amateur, granted back in 2014, but he is familiar with the course and he has been able to play it before. So at 41 to 1, I think he's uh, worth a shot to win the PGA Championship. All right. By the way, the uh, if just you're looking in general, it's unsurprisingly Scotty Scheffler, but tied with John Rahm as favorites at 12 to 1. Then Rory McIlroy at sixteen to one with Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth at seventeen to one, as far as the favorites to win this weekend's PGA Championship. Aaron Oster from Veasan out in Vegas is with us here on Simply the Bets, offering us his five L's of the week for sports betting. Next one up on the list is the one that you say, "Do not, please, get a hold of your life. Whatever you're doing, do not make this bet." Who's your loser? Um, as much as anything, this is a philosophical play, and, and it's, it's a factual play. Here's the truth. You are never, ever, ever going to get any sort of good value or any value, period, betting on Tiger Woods. Everybody bets on Tiger Woods. They, the odds makers know that. They know they're going to be flooded with Tiger Woods' money. They are not giving you value. So when I look to see Tiger Woods make the cut, and I see minus 142 there, that's bad value. This isn't the Masters where half the field, make, you know, in a reduced field where half the field makes it. 65 out of 156 players is going to make it. Tiger Woods could end up being one of those, though it is a windy condition. So I am a little interested to see how he plays, if it's supposed to be as windy as uh, I've heard it's supposed to be, especially on the first two days in uh, Oklahoma. Uh, so if you're laying minus 142, for something that I feel is at best, at best, a 50-50 proposition, you're getting bad value here. Do not bet on Tiger Woods to make the cut at minus 142. Mm, all right. All right. I know you're right. I understand that. It's And by the way, it's also more – there. Are, like our, our buddy Drew always says, like, any tournament Tiger's any could win. It's always worth having some – no. 
Just stop. That's just stop. The, and that's why you don't make that bet, because everybody says that. And yep. everyone bets that, and the odds makers know that. Yep, that's the reality of it. I am with you on that. And uh, the, the one that you love, the one that you would personally walk from Las Vegas to Baltimore, which, by the way, is what I might have to do after all of my losses this year if I want to come out and hang out this summer, the one that you would be willing to do because it is the bet you love this week. Um, so as I've told you over the past few weeks, one of the things I really start getting into this type of year is, uh, is baseball props and, and particularly strikeout props. I usually try to find one or two players to basically just play their strikeout prop every time they go to the mound. I found one this year. Um, actually I found a couple, but one in particular, which is, uh, Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. He has been an absolute machine this year. He's uh, coming off an 11-strikeout game. He struck out at least eight in six of his seven starts this season. And right now against the Royals in the first game of the doubleheader, which, by the way, is the first game of the doubleheader, so if you want to play this, go rush out and make it now. Yeah, get it only, have about, only has about uh, two hours left. So uh, play his, his strikeout prop is at 7.5. The over is at plus 106. So give me Dylan Cease over 7.5 strikeouts. All right, there you go. Those are the bets that, uh, that Aaron's got for you this week. What's going on with the folks out in Vegas at VEASAN, my friends? You know, we continue to pump out all the content, whether it's the Preakness this week or the PGA Championship or any of the big events, obviously. Pretty soon we are going to have an NBA draft guide out as, uh, you know, the lottery is this week. And, uh, you know, the NBA draft will start putting out props based on that. You already can bet on the number one pick in the NBA draft. So you can get all of the content all summer long for $59. So go check that out on com. And at the Oster is the A Oster. Jesus Christ, I am falling apart today, man. I don't know what's going on. But I am <laughs> I am still in favor of simply the beignets. We still need to do that. At the I A agree. Oster is how you follow him on Twitter. All right, pal. Uh, appreciate you. Good luck. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? It's... All right. Good luck to everybody. Hope you get your bets. There he goes. Aaron Oster from out in Vegas at VEASAN checking in with us here on Simply the Bets. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And just because uh, he alluded to the Preakness, just another quick reminder. Unfortunately, it's the way it works. You're not going to be able to bet. Preakness on Saturday. They will show the race in the FanDuel Sportsbook. So if you want to be there and spend your day, you'll be able to watch the race. But it's a Maryland law. It's not a FanDuel thing. It's just the reality of it. In Maryland, they want people to go to the tracks to bet on horse racing. So there's unfortunately nothing they can do about that. In order to get sports betting, that was one of the concessions that was made. And as I said before, it's just not something that I'm going to choose to lose my mind about because I I get it. You're trying to keep horse racing as healthy as possible within the state of Maryland as the, far as the business is concerned. So you want people to bet on the races at the tracks. I understand the concept. It's disappointing. It's not beneficial to the other companies that are coming in. It's not beneficial necessarily to the customer. But I understand the theory behind trying to do as much as you possibly can to help out the horse racing industry, the business in the state of Maryland. It's, it's a complicated subject. So you can watch the race on Saturday. They will show it in the FanDuel Sportsbook. You just can't bet on the race while you're there. That's unfortunate. It's a bummer. 
but it is reality. There's nothing that we can do about that. We can, however, find out about all the many other things that you can bet on this week in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the man to tell us more about that will be our friend Leon Twyman, the assistant GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. And he will join us next right here on Simply the Bets. Hey, O's fans, 2022 Orioles single game tickets are on sale now. Come celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards with tickets starting as low as $10. Relive your favorite moments and make new memories this season. Choose from your favorite homestands when the O's take on the New York Yankees, Washington Nationals, and Boston Red Sox, or fan favorite giveaways like Birdland Hawaiian shirt and collectible bobbleheads. Experience the ballpark that forever changed baseball. Buy now at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports the toyota tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines you can choose the perfect toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer today If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on what's actually simply the bets today. It's not Glenn Clark Radio. It is simply the bets. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Leon Twyman from uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook will join us here in just a second. He is the assistant GM. will tell us a little bit more about what's going on out there this week at Live Casino and Hotel. 
As we mentioned, I went over the uh, the odds for some of the favorites in the PGA Championship. Let me just update the odds for both the NBA Championship and the Stanley Cup. As far as the four teams that are left, betting-wise, for the NBA title. Four teams. The favorite, Golden State, plus 130. Boston, plus 210. Miami, plus 430. Dallas, plus 650. Those are the four teams that are left. As far as the NHL is concerned, and the Stanley Cup, eight teams remaining. Here are the odds. The Avalanche are the favorite, plus 210. The Panthers at plus 370. The Hurricanes at plus 500. The Flames at plus 600. The two-time reigning champions, defending champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning at plus 750. And much like I told you in the first round when I said, I don't, I don't get it. I'd put some money on the Lightning. I don't know. I feel like I'd put a couple of bucks on the Lightning there too. Like, They've done this before. They're not the best team, but they've done this before. I I got a funny feeling. I definitely put a couple bucks on them in the series against the Panthers too. Um, and then after that, the Oilers plus fourteen hundred, the Rangers fourteen to one, and the Blues seventeen to one. Those are the updated odds for both the NBA and NHL teams that are remaining. Let's head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where our buddy Leon Twyman, the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, is standing by. What's going on, Leon? How are you, my friends? Hey, I'm good. How are you all? Everything is good. So tell me I'm crazy, right? Just And, and you'll probably do that anyway. <laughs> but I just went over these updated odds for the NBA. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not in a good place because the Suns are out. But... <laughs> I just watched the Mavericks team take care of the Suns. The Warriors did not, like, overwhelm me in any way during the course of that series. Like, I know they finally got things figured out in the second half of Game 6. Clay Thompson, Game 6 Clay became a thing again. But they have not overwhelmed me at all during the course of their run in the postseason. The Mavericks clearly have, at this point, I, I think we would agree, the best overall player that's left we just watched the team with the best player win the nba title a year ago and their supporting cast has been far better than any of us thought they would be going into the playoffs right am i nuts to like sprinkle a few bucks on the mavericks at plus 650 right now no that's that's great odds for them right now I, i mean you'd be insane not to (laughs) <laughs> I am I am just in a strange I just had this odd feeling, man. We're like I'm not telling you they're going to win the title. Like, I, you know, I I I I certainly understand why the Warriors are the favorites, right? Like as we you and I had talked right. about, they're the team with the most. They have the most to offer. But they haven't played that way. And my god, like Spencer Dinwiddie was a thing the other night in game 7. Like the Mavericks are getting contributions from places we never saw them getting contributions from. And they can always knock down 33s during the course. They can shoot that well during the course of a game. And Luka Doncic, despite the fact that he's been stuffing himself with those delicious wings that you guys have at Sports and Social, is is the best player. I just, 
I don't know. I just like everything about it, man. I like everything about that. And frankly, of all of the four bets, the futures bets that are available, it's the bet I like the most, right? Like the Warriors are plus one thirty. That's probably about right. And like, there's a little bit of money you can make, but there's just a, a little bit of risk. The the Celtics, the Heat, you know, whatever. I don't. Maybe maybe you could argue the Celtics is the best bet. Like maybe you could say they're the best team that's left, and you got plus two ten odds on them. So like maybe you could argue that's the best bet, but. For the Mavericks to be that live of a dog, man, I don't know. I just, I can't shake it. I can, and you're not telling, you're not trying to talk me out of it. It's, yeah, it, it's tough, man. But I'll tell you this: right before I got on this call with you all, I had someone just drop ten thousand dollars on Golden State to win the series against the Mavs. So. Well, well, that is <laughs> that is far more confidence than I have in said series. Uh, is that the biggest? Okay, so you said somebody just dropped ten thousand dollars. What's the biggest bet that you've seen since the FanDuel Sportsbook has been open at Live Casino and Hotel? The biggest bet overall? Yes, overall. Uh, I think it was around like 160000 and it was on – so 76ers, they were at like – they were like minus 430. This was um, prior to the playoffs. Um, I can't remember who exactly they were playing but they won the game by just a couple points. And it was, so just know, a, it was an outright win bet? Yeah, it was an outright win, and I know the guy was sweating because they were not Shoo. looking good that game. Shoo! I, I mean, my God, man. Like... I I don't I know sometimes these are people that have like pulled money together and things like that, but my God, that is quite the risk. Quite the risk. <laughs> Definitely to take. was. Definitely was the risk. All right, so let's talk about um, what's coming up this week. Obviously, the PGA Championship is sort of the focal point. You guys, yeah. I, I know that there's also playoffs going on, but we're at the point with the NBA playoffs, so they're all at night. So should I assume that like Sunday during the day, it's the PGA Championship, maybe the hockey on a second TV, and then we turn things over to the basketball at night. Yeah, that's exactly how it's going to be. Give me the various bets that are available for people that are trying to bet on the PGA Championship. So you can obviously bet just the outright winner um, if that's what you're looking to do. I know we have a lot of people that will do that. Um, You can bet by round as well. So you can have like the leader after the first round, top five in the first round, top 10, top 20, and so on. Um, You can also bet top USA player, top uh, GBNI player, uh, top continental European player. So there's a bunch of different ways that you can bet um, the overall tournament. Um, you also have tournament specials, which is wire-to-wire winner, um, you know, lead after every round and win, which looks like they have great odds on those right now. Um, I think uh, John Ram is yeah. probably the favorite at 80-1, to 1, which is pretty crazy. So everyone else looks like they're 100-1 to 1 and higher. Um, you know, there's just so many different ways that you can bet this. There's prop bets, got the top Irish player, top top Mexican player, um, whole specials. So there's just so many different things that you can bet and just have fun and and just, you know, just go out and just throw money on and just see what you can win. It's a lot of money to be made. I, I I wish, I want this to be my, like these, some of these are so random, right? Right. Like right now at plus two seventy. Any, if any four of these five guys, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Smith, and Victor Hovland, finish in the top 20. So you don't even need all of them. Just four of the five who are among the favorites to finish in the top 20, you get plus 270 odds for that. Yep. Um, like some of these, and then they go to like the, you know, kind of the extraordinary silly, like 
both Keegan Bradley and Daniel Berger finish in the top 20, and you can get that at 12 to 1. Like, there are just so many amazing, random parlay bets that you can make. People that I haven't even heard of that are involved, like Seamus Power. You could bet right now at 35 to 1. Louis Oosthuizen finishes in the top 20. Seamus Power in the top 30. And Billy Horschel in the top 40. Why? I have no earthly idea. Right. <laughs> but if those three things all hit, 35 to 1 odds is what yeah, you get for crazy. that. You know, you it, can... it, it, this is the thing. Like A lot of people don't realize the money that you can make in golf. There's just so much money to be made in golf. Unfortunately, myself, I haven't been able to make any of that money because every yeah. time I see that golf, I seem to lose. But that's just me. <laughs> well, you know, I think I told you when we were out there for the Masters, the success that I found on round four was in a, a special bet that was created, which was separate the two guys that were in the lead. And on that day, it was Scotty Scheffler and Cameron Smith. And then bet who you, of everyone else who you think is going to have the best finish. And that paid out well for me because I bet Rory McIlroy, and I, I hit very nicely on that one. In fact, I think if I remember correctly, he ended up finishing in second. He finished ahead of Cameron Smith. So um, there are so many bets that are available during the course of the weekend. If you're going to look for a place to hang out and watch the final round of the PGA Championship, there is no better, any round of the PGA Championship, there's no better place to be than the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We're chatting with Leon Twyman, the assistant GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook. Leon, what else is getting, so we, you, when you and I talked last week, um, there were only a couple of games that have been announced. Now that there are more games on the schedule, have you guys been getting NFL bets this week? We are getting some future bets right now. Um, we haven't exactly taken any type of games or anything. It's just mainly futures. Okay. And for some reason, everyone's hammering the Eagles right now. I don't know why they're they're hammering them for the uh, the, the NFC. NFC East. I I get it. I I get it. You and I talked about this last week. I get it. They they got AJ. It's just a lot of you're putting a lot of faith in Jalen Hurts, man. You're putting an awful lot of faith. For the record, the line is out. I'm gonna. Uh, do you, Leon? Do you know off the top of your head what the line is? I do. So I'm gonna quit. If you know, then I'll quiz Paul instead. Do you know what the <laughs> line is for the Ravens Jets Week One game? The Ravens and Jets Week One. Yes. Um, minus five and a half for the Ravens. You're guessing. Nope, I'm actually, I know that one. Well, I was, if he, that's, I told you, I didn't want you, I was going to have Paul guess if you didn't. Yeah, it is the number. The Ravens, five and a half point favorites on the road in New York in week one. If you'd like to go ahead and get aggressive so you can feel feelings, so you can feel, you know how football fans are. We just want something that feels like, you want to go do it? You can go do it right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook and bet that week one game. Ravens, five and a half point favorites on the road in week one. Um, did you see any line it, that, that jumped out football-wise? You're like, you know what? I know it's crazy to be betting at this point for a game that's months away, but I kind of want to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, actually, yes. <laughs> and it might sound crazy, but uh, the Patriots plus two and a half against the Dolphins. Why? Why are you so confident in the Patriots? You know, they did they did pretty well last year, and I'm just not a Dolphins fan. I hear Never you. was a Dolphins fan. I, mean, I don't know. Tyreek Hill's going to help, though. I mean, like, I, that's fascinating to me. I I, uh, I feel like almost that's not giving the Dolphins enough respect there, oddly <laughs> enough. That's very weird. That's very, very weird. All right, what else? What else is catching people's eye this week, Leon? 
So this is actually an interesting one. Um, you know, I've actually personally have never seen it myself. I was helping out someone earlier this week trying to find some markets on NBA for the playoffs. And something that really stuck out to me, you can bet this for the first quarter and the third quarter, but if you go to a first quarter bet, let's say for the uh, Celtics and Heat game tonight, you can actually bet the first quarter margin and the final margin, it's like a parlay, um, with ridiculous odds. So basically what that is, that you have to be able to guess correctly the win margin. Uh, okay. For example, we choose Boston for the first quarter. Uh, this first one I'm looking at right now, uh, they would have to win the first quarter by one or two points, and then okay. they have to win the game between one and five points. That is 38 to one right now. Wow. Wow. Okay, so if you are confident in Boston winning the game and believe that they'll come in. So the the, the first quarter margin was, was what? One to two points. Boy, that is specific, man. That is a tough that is a tough thing for me to bet. I get the idea though, right? Like there's there's left time. You're thinking that the heat'll be fired up at home. I get the concept, but boy, that is it makes sense that that's about thirty-seven to one to me. That makes sense because that's a really specific margin. But boy, I like it. I yeah, there's so many different bets on here, and the lowest odds that I see on here right now is twenty-two to one. Okay, and that's that's so, that's combining the first quarter and the final winning margin. Correct. Wow, I just saw this. I one mean, too. they're all the way up to a hundred to one on these odds. It's absolutely insane, and but, people have just been hammering them to see if they can win out of this. This one was a random one that jumped off the page at me for tonight's game. Was two or more three point baskets being made in the first three minutes? Yes, and, those are another popular one. And yes, is the dog. Yes, pays out at plus 104. So if you think that there will be two three-pointers within a span of three minutes in an N- in any NBA basketball game, frankly, more or less a game between two very good teams, you can get that to pay out with plus money. That one jumps off the page at me, my friend. That one might be yeah. one that uh, I'd be texting you about in a minute and asking for some help because I don't know <laughs> if I can make it down to Hanover today. But uh, I am intrigued by that. All right, anything else people need to know about as we get ready for the weekend and what's coming up in the FanDuel Sportsbook, Leon? This weekend, um, Saturday and Sunday, just be here, 9 a.m. to midnight. Um, Monday through Friday, we're here from 11 to midnight, 61 kiosk total. Ask for one of us. We'll help you out. We'll get those wagers in for a PGA Tour or the finals or Stanley Cup. And again, keep in mind the self-service kiosks are always open 24-7. And uh, also that if you want to reserve your spot for any particular event, like you want to make sure you got a table for the final round of the PGA, if you want to make sure you've got uh, some reclining chairs for you and your folks, email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to get your spot. Leon Twyman, appreciate you as always, my friend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? All right, thank you. Have a good one. Assistant GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook, Leon Twyman, checking in with us here on Simply the Bets. As we wind down for this week's program, let's get a tidbit of the week. This, I guess, will be Paul's final tidbit. You better make it good. Better be a good one. I think it's a pretty good one. All right, we'll find out. I'll be the judge of that. All right, so a while back, I'm guessing early January, based on two of the or three of these bets. Four-leg parlay at plus 196,934. That's uh, what they bet? 
Or that's what they won. No, 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 no. The, the odds are plus one, nine, six, nine, three, four. It was a okay. $20 wager. Okay. Right? Uh, Four-leg parlay. Brandon Ayuk, 100-plus receiving yards in the um, regular season finale, 49ers against the Rams at plus 880. Okay. That hit. The Miami Dolphins defense, anytime touchdown score against the New England Patriots season finale at plus 950. That hit. Who was it? Who? It's somebody... It had to be a player. And no, anytime, uh, uh, the Miami, Miami um, defense, anytime. Miami defense. Yes, the Miami Got defense, it. anytime uh, touchdown score at plus 950. That hit. Jesus Christ. Georgia minus 135 on the money line. That hit. And the last leg is the Florida Panthers at plus 1,000 to be the Stanley Cup champions. Which is alive, obviously. I would, I would be trying to sell that ticket myself. The, if you did that, the cash out is five thousand four hundred twenty-seven dollars and ninety-five yeah, cents. If they, if you keep the ticket and the Florida Panthers win, you win thirty-nine thousand four hundred six dollars and eighty-nine cents. If they don't win, you you lose twenty bucks. Right. And so I self respect. I would be trying to sell that ticket, but what I would be looking to do, like I wouldn't be trying to take their cash out. I'd be trying to sell it to somebody else mm-hmm. who has. I'd be looking to, to sell it to the market and and see if somebody else would be willing to give me closer to ten thousand dollars for that ticket. Um, but it would have to be a Panthers fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like you'd you'd have to find somebody that both has a lot of money and is a Panthers fan because they'd want to they'd want to go for the ride. With the Panthers, that's right. the tricky part. Now, like ideally, you you try to see if you can get the Panthers to win another game or two in the next round, and then you you see what the trade out is at that point. Mm-hmm. But I I just don't love. I just I like Tampa. I really like Tampa. So I'd be looking to move that myself. I'd be looking to move that one fairly quickly. But maybe I mean this person. It's also plausible this person just happens to be a huge Florida Panthers fan, and that's maybe. the reason. They, they, they're, they're clearly Miami-centric. They, although they've also bet on Brandon Ayuk. That's so random. What a bizarre parlay. What an insane parlay for somebody to be playing, to be sitting here with a chance. With a, uh, and to know, no matter what, you could absolutely cash out right now for 5000 bucks. That is wild. All right, very good. That'll do it for us on Simply the Bets. Don't forget that Thursday morning at 1140, we will bring you the next episode of Weekend at Bookies. And again, for all of the events this month, not just the PGA Championship this weekend, not just the playoffs, but the Indianapolis 500, Lacrosse Championship, as well as the uh, Rolando Romero, Gervonta Davis fight, the UEFA Champions League final, email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We will see you tomorrow morning for Glenn Clark Radio. May the odds be ever in your favor.